Welcome to the VP Live Network. Your 30-second countdown has begun. This show is intended for adults of legal smoking age, and as such, the content is not intended for viewers and listeners under the age of 18. Vapor's Place is in no way responsible for the opinions of any host on the VP Live Network. Please grab a vape, sit back, and enjoy the show. Well, hi, kids. What's going on? Um, we almost didn't have a damn show, or I was going to have to call Very and beg Very to produce this show for me, because I um, I moved my computer, and it it was more than a little bit of an issue. Um, for some for some unknown reason. Uh, Mixler no longer wanted to play nice with my actual mixer. It was a fucking disaster in the making. Um, but hey, I'm here. I got it. I don't know what the hell I did. I don't know what the hell I did to fix it. But shit kind of works. So we're going to go with it. Okay. First thing I have to tell you guys is if you didn't listen to Kevin's show on Sunday, I... I Kevin was giving me shit because every time Kevin asked me to come on the show, something happens. Either we get stuck out of town or my husband's on vacation or something like that. And I end up having to bail on him. And I always feel like shit for having to bail on him. So what does he do? I call into his show Sunday night because I thought he might get a little bit of a giggle out of what happened with all of the Facebook drama. And I couldn't believe that Kevin hadn't heard about all this goddamn drama. Well, so Kevin starts giving me shit. And I'm like, okay, Kevin, I will be on the show Sunday. I'm telling you, I will be here Sunday. That's it. He goes, no, no, no. I'm going to have Dino ask you. And I'm like, no, I'm telling you, I'm going to be here Sunday. What the fuck do I get? First thing, Monday morning, I get a Skype message from the wonderful Dino. And the first message says, hey. Then I get, will you come on the show this Sunday night? Really, Kevin? Really? Smartass. You know, I, I'm married to one of them. I, I don't need it shit from Kevin, too. I'm married to that smartass. Oh, I'm telling you. So, anyway, yeah. So, you know, barring a tornado or the world ending, um, I will be on with Kevin and Dino Sunday night. Just saying. I'm gonna. I'm, I'm going to try my best. It's you know. It's not like I just blow him off because Kevin's important people to me. All right, hold on. Let me get Uncle Dagger and Jerry in here. Uh, there's that one. Add somebody else to this call. Hi. Hey. How are you? Hi. I have to turn off the sound because I'm a noob. Because you're well. You know. I'm telling you, <laughs> your technical difficulties. Must, yeah. must, um, share. Uh, that's all I'm saying. Because <laughs> this I mixer apologize. has been set up on this computer for I cannot tell you how fucking long. And, well, I can tell you how long it's been. It has been since, um, since I bought it from Jamie, <laughs> actually. And it's never, <laughs> never fucked with me like this. So I, I, I don't know. Hi, Jerry. Hey, Jeannie, how are you? I am good. This is the first time I've ever gotten you on this show with me. 
Yes, it is. I thank you. So thank you for having having an emergency come up in your family, <laughs> Dagger, because otherwise this wouldn't have happened. <laughs> for the listeners, Jerry's video is up. <laughs> Because he thinks he thinks we're doing an inside vaping program show. This is a podcast, Jerry. They can't okay. see you. Don't I'll give me my camera. Off. <laughs> <laughs> and I comb my hair and I put on a nice shirt for nothing. Oh, why the hell good. did you do that? I went. I went to a podcast because then it just doesn't make a shit. I don't even actually have a webcam plugged into this computer. Wow. Yeah, I I don't I don't I don't need it for anything. We don't all hang out in Google Hangouts anymore. You know, I don't do a video show. Does this mean James has no product in his hair right now? Oh, I guarantee you he does. I do. <laughs> I, I actually checked it in the mirror right before Jeannie called me. Oh, dear God, James. <laughs> you do have beautiful hair, though. I'll give you that. Uh, Cisco's still got better hair. Well, Cis- yes, Cisco definitely does have the best hair in vaping. It's, best hair it's, in vaping. It's gorgeous. But, you know, you have beautiful hair, too. We discussed this. Where the hell were we that we were talking about that? Oh, I know where we were. That fucking convention that I got trapped on the train. Oh, um, VCC New England. Yeah. Upstomp. That's the first time I got to see Kevin and his beautiful head of hair. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Kev. Um, yeah, no, Upstomp talked me into coming up there for VCC, and I was so glad to get up there because I got to, I got to meet a bunch of people that I never got to see before. But I'm telling you what, that 16-hour train ride was a fucking disaster. Um, I... it, it seems like there's a lot of horror stories of transit. Um, you know, like my, my brother-in-law came up, uh, my brother and his wife came up uh, for my dad's 80th birthday. And uh, that's normally like, a, I think it's about six and a half hours from Kentucky. And it took them nine hours because of construction. So <laughs> I I just, you know, it was it was so bad that I got absolutely polluted at the bar that night and i blame that on upstomp and mrp and phil it was phil bad influences yeah yeah we're gonna blame phil because phil's got the biggest shoulders that anybody we know we'll just blame we'll blame bizardo um because every time my drink even got below like three quarters yeah phil was like she needs another drink (laughs) and you know what i I said okay, and I drank them all. Yeah, but you you were you were really happy there. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I I enjoyed hanging out with you there. Oh you yeah, were, you were having a good time. I, we did. We had but, a really good time. But I I will honestly say, yeah, I was shitted up. All kinds of shitted up. That'll probably never happen again. <laughs> my 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 favorite story from that entire convention was uh, being with Cisco and Dino. And we went to that little vape shop that was inside the bar, and everybody was drinking there. And uh, Dino was very concerned with the look of the locals. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, Cisco he... was in there, and Dino was outside, and he's like, that guy has like 30 fucking seconds to get out the door and get in this car, or else I'm going to leave his ass there. <laughs> well, he was a little bit too worried. The, the funniest damn thing to me was um, the, the, the little porn star. And Dino and Zen. Oh, Bridget the Midget. That was yeah. fucking funny. I, I mean, <laughs> you know, I don't know why Zen didn't think that Dino would walk right up and ask her. I have no idea. Yeah. I mean, Zen, it's not the first time Zen has ever met Dino. <laughs> you know, when Dino says, ah, fuck it, I'll go ask. 
you you don't be surprised when Dino walks over and asks because I'm like that. I would do that. I would walk right up to somebody and say, "Hey, aren't you?" And if they looked at me and went, "Fuck no," I'd be like, "Okay, just wondering." And I'd turn around and walk away. I think her exact words were, "Yep, I'm that Bridget." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, how many? How many people that distinct, and I had no idea who it was. I didn't know who it was until yeah. Tower of Apes started talking. I'm like, who? Who the hell is this? And Rich had to explain to me. And I'm like, oh, and he goes, you really don't know who that is? And I'm like, Rich, really, honey? Do I look like I watch a lot of porn to you? Do you know me? And he went, oh, yeah, that, never mind. I'm sure you didn't know. <laughs> oh, it was terrible. Oh, but we had fun, and VaporCon's coming. I am, I am counting the days until VaporCon. You're not going, are you? I'm probably not going to make it. I don't know, Jerry. Are you going to make it a VaporCon? I doubt it. Work starts to get busy toward the end of the year for me. <sighs> yeah, that's a, that's the same thing I've got going on. That day is the day that we have to work on our uh, payment processing system at the college. So. That's pretty much the lifeblood of the institution, and yeah, I'm not going to be able to get off that Friday. So. I thought the lifeblood of the institution was financing, was federal funding for kids to have to pay off the rest <laughs> of their fucking lives. <laughs> that is also true, but they can't even get, well, they can't get payment plans for that funding without the program, so. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, no. vicious cycle. We love, have you ever heard of St. Bonaventure University? No, it's just St. Bonaventure University is this it's it's a college that's that's local to here. And it's always in like the top 10 party schools in the country. Hmm. This nice Catholic college <laughs> with, you know, with the with the fat, with the with the who are the fellas with the, with the, the brothers. Yeah, with the brothers and the nunnery on campus. And it's like the top 10 party schools in, in the country. And I'm <clears> like. How the fuck does that work? I I don't know. I guess maybe they take turn the other cheek to a whole new level there, but um, they can do their walk of shame and then go straight to the nunnery. That I, works perfect. I I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> and you have to understand, I have a nephew that 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 um that started college at BYU um and didn't finish there. Um, but I ha I am happy to say that he just got accepted into law school. So yay you! He'll he'll make a fantastic lawyer. He really will. Very says nuns like to party. Oh, that's because they have lots of bad habits. Da -dum -dum. Oh, I'm that's sorry. A good one. Oh, that was I cute, James. That actually was cute. <laughs> oh, James. Yes, ma'am. Will you say something for me? Sure. Say shit. Shit. There. Okay, my life is complete. All right, I got James to cuss, and it's being recorded. So yay, there's that. Um, Harry, you dropped an F-bomb. You didn't even notice it. Well, <laughs> it slipped right by. I, I don't know why I missed that one. Um, what are you? What gear do you have right now? What setup are you running right now, Jerry? What am I running right now? Yeah. I am running on a DIY box from uh, Fluid Vapor. It's like a do-it-yourself okay. DNA 40 box yep. with a K-Fun V4 loaded with some Nixteria cookie dough. Okay. James, what are you vaping on right now? I am vaping on the DNA 200 beta, which I love that DNA 200, I got to say. Mm -hmm. I'm using an Alliance RDA dripper, and I'll tell you what, that is a great budget dripper. For under 50 bucks, you get a ton of accessories, replacement parts, and it's a stellar vape if you like an airy draw. 
And I am dripping some Apocalypse Juice Analog Killer for my buddy Tony. And this is this is really good, Jeannie, because it's a tobacco flavor that doesn't taste artificial. Um, and it's a nice tobacco with a hint of vanilla. It's really smooth, kind of a basic flavor, but it's a great all-day vape for me. So that's what I'm running right now. Okay, I've got, well, I've got one sitting here in one of my hand. I've got my, my DNA 200 betas in my hand, um, which... I really, really like this device. But anyway, the other device sitting here is my Vapor Shark, which is the RDNA 40. Now, I wasn't asking you for, you know, the whole typical stick of, hey, what's everybody vaping thing? That's not why I ask. I got into a discussion today, and it's a good thing I had mm-hmm. to come and do this show because I needed to just shut the fuck up. And of all places for this conversation to even come up, it came up in the DIY group. And we started, wow. yeah, and it was about devices. And and I kept reading what I was what I was writing, right? I'd go back, somebody make a comment, and I'd go back, and I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe I said that. Because everything I said started coming out like I was this fucking fanboy or fangirl thing. Yeah. I, I should be correct, atomically correct and say fangirl. Um, but I got to thinking about it, and... You know, you know, I got on the iStick bandwagon. I mm-hmm. I bought three, and then I of the twenties, and then I ended up with a fifty. Do you know yeah. how many of those I have right now that work? None. Not a fucking one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And 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 I didn't. I really didn't get into this conversation with these people to to sound all fanboy and fangirl. And I said, you know, well, I've got several evolved products. And then I started counting. And I'm like, holy fuck, I need to shut up. I got more than a couple. Because I've got a boatload of DNAs now. I mean, yeah. I've got Kicks, I've got Opus Ds, I've got DNA 20s, I've got a DNA 40, I've got this beta, the 200. I Everything that I am using on a daily basis now is a DNA. And mm-hmm. I've always liked regulated power. Right. Now, the the whole thing came up with, you know, well, the only reason they did it was because Yee did this and Yee did that. And I'm like, you know, that, but that that's just stupid logic. Brandon has never, ever been about conforming. If, right. if he had been about conforming to the industry, the Darwin would have never fucking existed. Ever. Mm-hmm. But every one of those cheaper devices that I've ever bought... I don't have any more because they didn't fucking work. Or you got to pull the pin up in it to make it work. Or, you, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm not, in, I, I would rather save my money, which is what I did for all of my devices except for this 200. The 200 is, is a beta like you have. Um, but I was in the kick beta. Mm-hmm. And, and I was honest. And I said, you know what? That one broke. The spring, right. the spring broke on it and Brandon sent me another one. Well, that's the same problem that I had with mine, too. It was that ground on the side. Yep. Um, and at the time, I was using a GG, and the GG had some connect- conductivity issues anyway. I mean, most people who are familiar with them would admit that. And uh, the combination of that and the kick just did not work really well for me. And I'll say I've I've had good success with the majority of Evolve's products except for the DNA40. And I think that's where... You know, Evolve may have lost a bit of goodwill from the modding community and from end users because there were there were so many problems. I mean, there were bad batches. There were boards that were supposedly fixed that, uh, you know, you still had failure rates that were 
I mean, I, I would consider them unacceptable. But that being said, they've come out with a product that works. I mean, the 200 works very well. It's not necessarily, it's expensive. But at the same time, as somebody who's a low wattage vapor, it's not necessarily a bad move to get one because it works equally well <laughs> with low wattage, high wattage, temperature control, non-temp control. Do, do you um, know what mine's set on right like, now? What? 8.4. <laughs> Wow, you vape down where Chicago Rod does. Eight. You take like 30-second inhales? <laughs> it's, it literally is setting at 8.4 right now. Now, my my other one, um, my yeah. RDNA is set on 22. Wow. But that's because I've got my marquee on top of it. <laughs> and, and it's got a sub-build on it. So that's the only reason that one's even set that high. Because usually... And I hate to admit this, um, especially with mod gurus like the two of you sitting here on the phone with me, but um, a lot of the time, each one of them will have a Nautilus on top of it. And I'm not even kidding. You know what? That's not a bad vape. Here's the thing, Jeannie, and, and Jerry knows we talked about this too. I'm a big fan of the Ego Ones tank with the one ohm coil, and that is a very tight draw. There are times where I want to vape and I want it to be like an analog. And there's times where I want to get a little bit more vapor and, you know, cloud chase. I hate to use that term, but it's true. I mean, I do like occasionally getting voluminous clouds. Well, and I don't know. Device. I don't know anybody that that knows you that doesn't know that you're a cloud chaser. Um, <laughs> it, no, and I, it gets said a lot like a cuss word, and right. and it shouldn't. Um, do I do I bitch that you know you've got smokers that are walking into vape shops that are acting like they're walking into a Cheech and Chong movie and they turn around and leave? Yeah, I bitch about that. Mm, um, sure. Because you know the only reason I have anything to do with advocacy is not so you and I can keep vaping; it's for the people that are still smoking. And I think we're forgetting about them, and and that that bugs me. That bugs me a lot. Um, but there is nothing wrong with being a cloud chaser i've got a bunch of friends that are cloud chasers they're not obnoxious assholes mm -hmm. though there's right. my distinction. right it's being considerate it's being aware of your surroundings i mean it's uh i don't know it's common sense genie i think we can agree on that but there's a lot of people who don't see it that way and they like the aspect of you know uh, let, let's see how many people i can get to turn around and stare when yeah. they're enveloped in this this cloud um, you know, there's some interesting stuff that's come, that's come out of the UK. Obviously, you're aware of that as well with some of the studies finding that the, uh, the harm from secondhand vapor is almost immeasurable. I mean, it's, it's, it's negligible at best. Um, and even in the face of those things, normally when you're subjected to a large cloud of vapor and you're not a vaping, per you're not a person who vapes, it's annoying, you know, um, and that's, that's kind of a normal human response to it. Yeah, um, my husband took me to VaporCon 1. Um, the, my friend that was supposed to go with me had a medical emergency. Her husband ended up having to have uh, five bypasses done that day. And oh, so, wow. yeah, 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 five. Um, wow. Yeah, he had a little bit of blockage all the way around his heart, everywhere, <laughs> like all of it. Um, so Paul drove me down. And, and it was, and I always love to tell this story because the first people that my husband met um, was Flitzy and Mal and Spikey. Mm -hmm. 
And my husband said, um, is everybody, is everybody like this? And I said, no. And we we got a ways away, and he goes, that little guy, he's really nice. And I said, that's Flitzanu. And he's like, why are you whispering? I'm like, because he's really famous. <laughs> I was scared to death to talk to Flitzy, and True Love said, just go hug him. It was funny as hell. But when Paul was in the room, and of course we all know what, what Babercon was like, um, before they opened the doors to the place mm-hmm. to let air in and out, um, Paul said, I got to get out of here. I can't breathe. And um, later on up to get him so he could go to dinner, I said, did you really? You couldn't breathe in there? And he said, well, he said it wasn't He said it wasn't all the, the cloudy stuff in there. He said, I think it was the humidity. He said it was, <laughs> it was like it was humid. It was so humid yeah. to him. So I know firsthand what clouds make non-vapors feel like because my husband right. is a non-vapor and that's how i know that you know Jeannie, that that kind of brings up a question too and jerry maybe you've noticed this as well i've attended a lot of cons in the last couple of years and one thing there's a little commonality there and it seems like i've gotten sick at least five or six times after attending a con um, and now before I go to one, I, you know, I'm, I'm taking that, uh, what is it? It's not vitamin C. It's that emergency tablets, emergency. Oh. That's it. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm taking those and the airborne tablets and I'm trying to boost my immune system before I go, but it seems like there's something that kind of goes around. I forgot what people called it. I think they called it the goop. It's uh, like it's, uh, you literally get sick vape after you go to one of these things. <laughs> you know, <laughs> vape SARS. <laughs> I... I lose my voice. Yeah. After every meet, but that's because I don't shut the fuck up. Um, yeah. But I've never gotten sick. Not got, not on wood. Well, that's I, how much of that is sharing somebody's? You know, somebody walks up to you and says, uh, "Take a hit of this," and you, you know, you don't put your drip. Right, tip. that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> you know, with I all that PG have... in the air, you think it would kill anything? Um, One would think. I got a message for you. Uh, James. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Tell James to stop sucking on other people's drip tips. <laughs> Who uh, is that from? And and there was a first part to this message that I didn't see. It says, don't let James peer pressure. I vape between 8.5 and 9.5, and I take only one second inhales. You're not all cloud chasers. Some of us are flavor chasers and just not vaping instead of smoking. James is a bully. <laughs> Oh man, that comes oh, from that comes from the Jesus of vaping. The, oh, that's Dwayne Green. No, isn't it? No, who's got? The, oh no, no, no. Who's the only man I know that's got better hair than Cisco? Lou. Oh, that's Lou. Yes. I I, I got to tell you this though, <laughs> I feel like when Lou reads and uh, Lou reads, dun 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 dun. dun. Anyway. Back on topic. When Lou <laughs> reads a negative e-cig story, I think that's the point where he gets his cardos out and punches them angrily. Because <laughs> good God, man. Have you ever seen the cardos he uses? And I will say they work, Jeannie. He sent me some. They're a little bit gurgly, but they work and the flavor is very intense. But he punches them probably eight to ten times at least. It's it's ridiculous. Well, maybe. <laughs> I just imagine him punching them angrily. I just can't imagine Lou angry, though. I don't think I have ever seen the man lose his cool. That's true. 
Oh, he says not anymore. He, Nautilus BBCs are the shit. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. It says shiznit. <laughs> Lou didn't swear. He said shiznit. <laughs> Hi, Lou. <laughs> um, and, you know, I read a post from him the other day that I was really impressed with. And by the way, Lou, I was really impressed with your post about advocacy. I really was. Um, yeah. He was talking about the all of what was being said about what was happening um at the at the meet in California um and ECC yeah, yeah and um that it wasn't anything against the promoters that vendors mm. were giving stuff away between speakers and i have to agree with Lou that i i really think that it is really sad that vendors have to get up between speakers that are talking about av- advocacy and give away free stuff to keep people's attention. Yeah. How how can people not understand the situation that we're in right now? Or or yeah. know that it's there and just not give a shit? I, I just yeah. don't get it. <clears throat> Pretty short-sighted. I put up a post the other day, uh, yesterday or the day before. Did you see it? About, you know, are we... What are we doing... We see all of these constantly on social media, somebody putting up some childish, childish, stupid-ass marketing that some vendor is pulling to market questionably. Okay, we see mm-hmm. these posts all the time, and they get shared. Everybody keeps sharing it and sharing it and sharing it and sharing it and sharing it. Are we helping these assholes? Is that what we should be doing? Should we... Should we you know, make some stupid ass list. By the way, I'm not in favor of the list. I'm just saying, should we make some silly list of vendors to avoid? Should we just not talk about them? Because somewhere we have to have a long term goal. Right. You know, what what is our best move long term? And I think that's how we have to start thinking. Well, we haven't shied on inside vaping. We haven't shied away from call outs. Um, and we've shown those images as well. The thing that we talked about there and Dane's really big on this is public perception. Um, you know, obviously from our perspective, we know that the majority of these products, even the ones that have maybe been retooled at this point, um, and relabeled, they weren't directed at children. A lot of them, like, like, let's take one of the most onerous examples with Pop D's, okay? That's the one. Or the I Cracker it's Jack. Pop D's. Yeah. Yeah, it's in the Cracker Jack box. Yeah. You get a little toy. You get a little drip tip in the box. And what it provokes is a sense of nostalgia. And, Jeannie, I'm sure you'd agree. I mean, there's things that we remember from our childhood very fondly. So... Initially, when you Ecto. look at that box, you might think, oh, man, that's kind of cool. Yeah, I saw Ecto. I wonder Ecto. if the liquid's good. <laughs> I saw the name <laughs> Ecto come up a couple of times, and they were talking about marketing to kids. And I'm thinking, and, and with that whole thing, I was like, wait a fucking minute. I don't want to hear about Ecto marketing to kids anymore. Because right. the only fucking people that remember Ecto being a thing, <laughs> we're all in the 35 yeah. to 50 range now. Well, it becomes it, it, then the question becomes where do you draw the line? What what is acceptable? Can can you use any type type of descriptive comments? Because I'll tell you uh, for a fact here, 
obviously, you know, I, I love Swedish snus. I use snus, and it's a great alternative, a reduced harm alternative to smoking. But over in Sweden, they just passed a law, and Sweden doesn't know whether they're going to enforce this law, but currently they passed a law that says you cannot have any type of descriptive flavor labeling. So in other words, if the snus tastes a little bit like blueberries, it can't say blueberry snus. Uh, the only thing you might be able to do is put a blue stripe on the front or educate a store clerk uh, so that if people ask, he knows to tell them what flavor it is. And that's kind of ridiculous, and that's what I don't want to see happen. Uh, obviously, this witch hunt has been, I hate to call it a witch hunt, but uh, some people have kind of taken it a little bit too far. Uh, it's, it's been partially successful in weeding out some of the worst examples, but there's a lot of vendors out there that still have things that are questionable on the market. I, I but think, where do you draw the line, Julie? Well, and here's the thing. Blueberry is a fruit. Yeah. Okay. Um, banana is a fruit. I think the problem, the line comes for me is when you're packaging your product in the imitation of right. a product primarily manufactured for children, which Cracker Jacks are, which prizes out of gumball machines are. Right. Um, that I have a problem with. If you're, and, and you know what? And I'm right there with the best of them, guys. I, up until we started this paleo diet, I had a bowl of cereal and toast before I went to bed every night. And it was never Wheaties. Mm -hmm. It was Crunch Berries. It was Frosted Flakes. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of Tony the Tiger, let me tell you. I'm not going to buy e-liquid in a Tony the Tiger box. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that is intentional. Um, hold on just a second. I'm going to add somebody else to this call, too, because I want to hear what he has to say about the advocacy. Um, Lou, you're getting dragged into this call. Do, 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 do. <gasps> I just hung up on everybody. Now I got to call them all back. There we go. Okay. No, I hung up on everybody. Back. <laughs> <laughs> I hit the wrong button. Jerry, you know this is happening because she's got two people from Inside Vaping on her show. That's and we where bring our technical jinx with That's us. That's right. Equal opportunity offenders. I fixed it. I fixed it. Shit. Or Lou, not. I tried dragging you into this call and hung up on both of them. I heard. I heard. How are you? I am good. How are you? Good, good. Uh, ECC was pretty intense, but uh, overall this year my travels are a bit less than they have been. I've only traveled about 10 times this year so far. And it's August. Yeah. <laughs> How'd you manage that? I don't know. Last year, well, I changed my position at, at AMSA, so I'm now President Emeritus instead of President, and we also brought on an external... Uh, highly qualified inspector to do our inspections. So the combination changed that. And it's just not a need to go to every vape meet for the first couple of years. I went to pretty much all of them. And uh, now the industry pretty much knows, you know, who we are and what we do. And, um, you know, the, the industry itself hasn't really embraced AIMSA. 
very much. We've got a relatively small membership by comparison to the other organizations, but um, we've had wonderful, wonderful success at the federal levels of advocacy, and we're warmly embraced by the FDA and OMB, OIRA, and uh, TMA, and GFN in Warsaw, Poland, and there's more in the works. So, so I'm, I'm quite pleased with the effectiveness at that level. So tell me about ECC. Well, ECC was really a very different event this year. Um, each, you know, most people know that ECC started out in 2013. It was really put together by a group of Southern California vendors and manufacturers and vapors. Um, and it was a, a far cry from the vape meets where we used to have tables lined up around the, the walls of, of hotel ballrooms. Hey, I and still like those kind of meets. Thank you. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I, I didn't criticize them. I just said it was, it was very, it was, it was very, well, I said far cry, very different. Um, very different environment, a lot bigger and a lot more going on, um, and a logistical just monster to, to try to put these things together. And they're not going to always go perfectly. These are not professional event coordinators, um, and they do a pretty amazing job. And um, when, I, when I posted on, on Saturday night that I was disappointed about how the only way to get the attendees to come and, and listen to advocacy was by giving giveaways. A bunch of people started sharing my posts and they started criticizing the vendors and ECC. And, um, and I, I, that's why I had to do the follow-up post. It, it just, because it's not ECC's fault. I mean, they, they, they didn't handle the advocacy segment this year as well. They, they got overwhelmed with a lot of stuff. And one of their key organizers took ill about a week before the event. I never even was able to attend the event because he was ill. So this kind of organizing advocacy this year kind of slipped between the cracks a little bit and it didn't come together as well as it did last year. Last year was actually one of the best advocacy segments I've ever seen at any vape meet um, or vape expo. And um, so I just wanted to kind of share how I, I felt about all of that. I mean, the industry itself, um, for the large part, I mean, we've got responsible manufacturers out there and responsible vendors. Unfortunately, they're just in the minority. And um, what's not really getting heard is that the industry itself has a large responsibility for how we're perceived and, um, and our reputation and also what happens at a regulatory level. I mean, look at what happened yesterday in California. Um, nowhere near. I mean, if someone posted if 1% of the people who attended AC ECC had showed up at that, it would have had a different outcome. Maybe yes, maybe no. Sometimes those things are really pre-decided even before they have the hearing. Sometimes the hearing is a dog and pony show. Um, but uh, that guy Leno, I mean, from, from everything that I read and, and heard and, and all the quotes, he really didn't quote a single citation. I mean, he was talking out of his rear end and, and had no facts whatsoever. So, um, you know, I, I just think the industry itself needs to kind of acknowledge that it's got a large responsibility here. And, and we do as consumers, too. I mean, I can speak to it from the consumer standpoint because that's pretty much what I am. Um, you know, when when we attend a meet and we go there expecting just to rake in bags of free shit, and I don't mean yeah. that it, everything being given away is garbage. I just mean, you know, um, it's it's kind of like the the day of um, shows now, uh, for the most part, is sponsor giveaways um and i think that's one of the reasons i'm happiest here is because most of the people that come here and listen to these shows live and the people that are listening to them on the replay which is probably 95 percent of the vp live listeners listen on replays 
um, they don't they don't come here and listen to the shows because we're giving stuff away. Um, what stands to reason most of the time here um, is we go to run a contest and we don't get very many entries. Um, and and it, it and that makes Kevin crazy um, <laughs> because he's trying to give something away and can't. Um, where me. <laughs> Where me, when stuff like that happens, I'm like, you know, this is really freaking cool. These people don't come here because of the expectation of getting right. something for nothing. Um, but well, it, it, but it's both sides of the coin, Jeannie. I mean, it, at ECC, for example, there was one vendor, and I actually intentionally chose not to go see who it was because I didn't want to have the name rolling around in my subconscious because I don't want to criticize anybody. Specifically, I'm more concerned about the industry's reputation. Mm -hmm. And like you know, I'm a consumer. I'm not financially involved in the industry. But there was one vendor who, who had gathered around you know, a bunch of the attendees and was doing giveaways. But he was leading the group in a chant. They got the entire group chanting, free shit, free shit, free shit. And I, I, and I heard it like five times throughout ECC. It, you know, I mean, to me, that's just very disappointing because that encourages this kind of behavior. And that's not what we're about. Well, I've, I've got a couple observations, too. Um, Lou, I read your post, and I do agree with, uh, with what you had to say there. I will say this, though. <clears throat> After that post uh, showed up, I noticed another article uh, popped up. And... I, I'm just going to say I don't agree with uh, what this article had to say, which was actually by the vaping militia, was accentuate the positive, eliminate the negative. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you what I don't want to see. And and here's here's one thing I want to make clear first. Um, I am not – I'm an advocate for tobacco harm reduction, but in traditional terms as far as, uh, you know, high-level advocate, I don't consider me, myself that person. Um, I'm more of a consumer that wants to voice opinions and uh, wants to try to educate people or inform people about current events. Um, but I will say, when I read this article, it talked about the criticisms of the event. And I am not the type of person who wants to stick my head in the sand and choose to ignore when, especially in this particular industry where we have yet to be regulated. Um, I think that's a very dangerous, a very dangerous attitude to hold, to just ignore um, some of the some of the things that are going on, because if we were regulated, it wouldn't be such a big deal. And I know Dane has made uh, the comparison to like car shows and some more established venues that use, um, you know, seductive advertising and things like that. You know, it's, it's more commonplace and more accepted in that arena than it is in ours because we're facing a lot of uh, public scrutiny right now. Uh, that's just my personal opinion. So, I don't know. Well, I, I agree with you. I mean, I think that the, the industry is just not really grasping what's at stake. If the NPRM does not change... This industry is going to look very, very different very, very quickly. I mean, there may very well be this one to two year window between the final rule and when the applications would be required. But there are other clocks. I don't have the full list, but there are a variety of clocks that have already actually started. And once they deem 
officially these to be tobacco products that will start more clocks. So what I am, am guessing, and I don't know for sure, but my guess is that what we're most likely going to see is the FDA will probably deem them to be tobacco products with a more to come clause in terms of, of the actual details of the regulation. It's, it's very, very complex. And I'm now confident that the FDA does grasp the complexity. I've seen a variety of things take place uh, and presentations. Uh, David Ashley, who's the science director at CTP, did a presentation at TMA, and I have a bunch of his slides. And they make it abundantly clear that they do understand that there is real complexities and dynamics here that it's never going to be regulating. They're not going to be able to regulate it the same way as tobacco. We don't have vertical integrations. Every component comes from someplace else. We've got zero nicotine. We've got different user profiles, um, deep inhalers who are, who are direct lung hitting versus those that are, are doing it as a smoking alternative. Um, the regulations and considerations for sigalikes or in closed systems are going to be different for opens than for open systems. Um, so I mean, one of the things that I push extensively in my presentations, especially when I know there are FDA people in the audience, like at FDA, there were about six different FDA representatives, and, and I really emphasize that we've already established with two and a half years of AIMSA that there are some very consistent baselines that could be used in regulation. Like it's very easy to verify the quality of the nicotine, um, mm -hmm. and it's very easy to verify the accuracy of the content of the nicotine, and the mixing environments to set, to set a standard and, and maintain it is, is very, very easy. And then the obvious ones, childproof caps and tamper evidence and smear proof labels. And then the question is how much content we're going to put and you, on. And you know I'm going to hate that part of it, right? Yeah, well, it is, it, <laughs> is, it is what it is. I know. It's, this is going to have to go back to that thing, you know, where I'm looking at my husband or, you know, one of my kids and going, open this damn thing. <laughs> well, you can always re bother me. You know that. No, I know. I'm going to have to. I'm not going to have a choice. But that will allow me to have a lot of really pretty stuff from Bedazzled. <laughs> Kathy, Kathy Hope makes do, some really pretty think, stuff. I do think the industry has to really step up and take responsibility. This industry is the only industry I've seen that really does not proactively advocate for itself. We've really become more of a reactive advocacy. There are some exceptions, but for the most part, we wait until there's an immediate threat. Oh, there's a new bill in New Mexico. You know, call to action, let's get a new chapter, let's get a lobbyist. And that's great, that's important, that needs to happen, and I applaud everybody that's focusing on those things. But at the same time, we've a lot of the industry has really just ignored proactive advocacy. And there are very few people that are you know, reaching out to the FDA and trying to work with the FDA. Um, you know, research, every, even in reactive advocacy where you're reacting to an immediate threat, every regulator, every policymaker, every opponent has said we don't have enough information. So, I mean, we built the ERF, the Research Foundation, to be completely transparent, to be completely professional. And we brought in people that are, are recognized professional names from every facet of the the vaping space, including consumers and public policy people like Jeff Steyer and Clive Bates, and um, you know we brought in just amazing people. But the industry so far is not willing to fund the research. We've got the studies lined up, and we have access to the top scientists in the world, and we've already proven that we can move science much much faster than the public sector. The uh, plasma nicotine absorption level study that AIMSA funded uh, a year and a half ago has become a landmark study for pharmacokinetics and. Um, you know, we from from idea to having Dr. Farsalinos in front of the FDA was five months. 
So, I mean, it, it took another couple months to get it peer reviewed and published, but, but we, we made it happen that quickly. And we're not funding the research, even though we know this is an imminent threat and we know we need to know for ourselves. We still don't know, you know, if there's metals in the vapor. We still don't. I mean, Dr. Farsalinos is working on his temperature of evaporation study, and I think that's extremely important because there may very well be a temperature at which we start generating new toxicants. Right. And with the prevalence of, of you know, these sub-ohm tanks and all the sub-ohm vaping, we really need to know that. Flavor Art is also expanding um, the Clearstream study, too. Um, That's great. Yeah. So, I mean, there are parts of the industry that are doing things. Um, I just don't think that there is enough. I don't, And I don't think there is enough focus and attention to that um, from a consumer standpoint. You know, everybody as a consumer well, I mean, waits, waits for this big bomb to go off, and then they're like, oh, no. Well, if we can get the various advocacy organizations to start promoting research, for example, here's here's a simple way of looking at it. Um, ERF, I mean, we know we know the research is uh, often scrutinized based on the source of the funding, and we know that we have five million vapors here in the U.S. So, approximately, that seems to be the current estimate. If we could get forty percent of them, two million vapors, to make a one-time donation of the cost of a bottle of e-liquid, call it twenty-five dollars. We have $50 million. We can do a lot of research with that. If the same number of people only gave $10 each, one-time donation, $10 each, we could, we'd have $20 million. And because the ERF website shows every single donation, it, can, it has anonymous donations. So even the anonymous will, will, will save the name, but won't show the name, but it will show the state and the, the donor category, whether that be consumer, general public, uh, organization, corporate, um, or, or foundation, uh, it would show that that was all consumer funding. And so, you know, we, we need to find a way to get collective funding. And one of the big things we see, for example, Big Tobacco gets criticized. If Reynolds or Philip Morris throws $5 million at research, it's just their research. So they're going to be accused of buying their, 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 their conclusions. But when we show 2 million vapors contributing $10 a piece, and we have $20 million to work with, it's going to be very difficult to criticize that. British American Tobacco actually had a couple of studies that were useful. I mean, granted, they were myopic as far as what devices they tested, but I think there's some validity to the claims in those studies as well. Um, but to your point, Lou, when you're talking about the fact that, you know, the, the research isn't getting the attention it should, um, if you think about it, uh, when when you go to an event, I'm just going to use ECC as an example or one of these larger cons. You typically have Cassat. You have your consumer organization. You have a trade organization, um, and then you have the militia. But I don't know how much. And again, this isn't a call out. It's more just maybe calling attention to the fact that I don't know how much attention they give to the efforts to do uh, medical studies or research studies um, into the effects of vapor. Um, obviously, CASA is mainly focused on all of these calls to action and uh, upcoming legislation and getting the word out. Um, and SFADA is, is focused on, you know, their membership and their, their members and making sure their rights are uh, 
taken care of and, and maintained. But uh, what about what about research studies? What would be the best avenue to get the word out to people for that? Well, there, there are lots of ways. Um, I mean, I would think that that potentially every every vendor could do this. I'm not saying they should do this, um, but they could. We we could certainly you know help generate a, 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 a template for flyers that could go out in every single order um, to and may raise awareness of ERF and and the need for research. Another possibility, obviously, there's you know a a cost difference between the cost of a bottle of liquid and what it sells for. Vendors could occasionally do promotions where they say, you know, for every bottle of, you know, liquid that you buy, um, you know, we'll, we'll take $5 of that and we'll, we'll give it to ERF uh, as a way of promoting or encouraging. Or they could say, you know, for every verified $25 donation or $10 donation or $15, whatever the amount is, we'll give you a bottle of liquid. You know, you just have to show us your receipt. That, and, and the ERF website generates an automatic receipt, so it's very easy to prove that. Um, and the, ver and the, the donations show up on the ERF website. But there, there are a variety of ways that, that we could really encourage um, a lot of this stuff. And You're damn we're popular, just, Lou. We're, we're just not doing it. Um, that's, I, I think that the industry needs to step up and take responsibility for the fact that whatever happens in the way of regulation... Um, is a reflection going to be a reflection to some extent of, of what this industry does? I hear Lou's bacon frying. No, actually, what happens is my uh, I have to turn off my, my messenger feature. Um, my my cell phone text messages come through my computer. Oh, you can see so, you're so tech. You got everything wired up together. Why am uh, I not surprised? Just, that's just once you're in the Apple ecosystem, everything works nicely together. So. Hey, we were we were talking about Evolve earlier, and you're in this call now, so I have to I have to ask, how many Darwins do you have, Lou? Uh, Darwins, I have three here. And I loaned two back to Brandon. Actually, I took, <laughs> I, took, I took a picture of my my Evolve collection the other day, and there's I don't know about thirty devices in my Evolve collection. Everything from Darwin's to DNA twelves to I think I've got one DNA twenty. I've got a bunch of different kicks and kick twos and uh, DNA thirties and forties, and got a couple DNA two hundreds now. And you know, it's all your fault that I get into regulated power, right? <laughs> Well, I actually told Brandon when I first learned of the Evolve before it was released, I wrote him an email. I said, you're going to change this industry. And they did exactly that. Well, if you remember correctly, I was on my egos and, and I had gotten my silver bullet. And you and I had a conversation one time about battery C ratings and Ohm's Law and my eyeballs didn't glaze over. And and you're, you really have to try regulated power. You You just, you need to try this. Well... You were right. Not that you need, I, I not that you needed to hear that, but yeah, you were right. I don't take pleasure in being right. I take pleasure in knowing that you found a, a vape that you like better. I do, much better. <laughs> I I could have I could have vaped on an ego for the duration and not smoked. I really could have. Um, it, you know, if the technology, if all my technology broke today, um, yeah, I could I could stay a non-smoker with an ego. I'm 
really glad I don't have to. But well, I, I, I could do it. The people in this room. I mean, James teaches a, a lot of people with his reviews and his shows. He teaches a lot of people. And Vinny Navarro, I mean, are you oh, the same sh- Vinny that, that that I used to interact with? Had a big DG collection and has has a lot of devices. Is that the same person? No, 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 no. No, that's Vinny the mod boss player. And and I have to that's say this: JD just entered the room. JD, happy birthday! His birthday was like two days ago. Yes, it was two days ago. I kept trying to get Melissa. He was bitching about the squeak in his Jeep, and I and all these evil thoughts went through my mind about all the times that that JD was giving me shit. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's what we need to do. We need to get Melissa to take one of Nelson's squeaky toys and hide it somewhere in JD's Jeep so that it's squeaking all the time. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the conversations he'd have with the mechanic? Oh, JD's a lot of fun. Actually, like JD's, I, I give JD a lot of credit because he he taught an awful lot of people how to DIY. I know, and I tell him that all the time, and he's like, "Oh yeah, nobody knows who the fuck I am." I'm like, "Are you are you kidding me?" Well, when he started his shows, I wasn't yep. DIYing, and now that's all I do. So I make all my own liquids. I've probably got I don't know twelve, ten, twelve different liquids that that I'm always working on. I've got, actually got about five that I'm working on now that are getting pretty pretty darn good. I'm pretty pleased with, but I've never sold them. I've had offers to buy my recipes and carry my lines but i've said no so far and you're the only person i know as an individual that sends their their liquids out to have them tested that too i do i do i do and well when i started out my my primary juice actually came from uh darth 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 (laughs) we talked about darth last week too (laughs) and um so I when when I, I started kind of learning about the whole diacetyl and acetylpropionyl issue, I get criticized for mispronouncing it sometimes. So I Kirk, Kistler, Kirk Kistler corrects me in my meetings. It's pretty funny. Um, I decided to, to to learn more about what I was putting in my liquids, and I found out that one of my key in, ingredients was uh, Perfumer's Apprentice Vanilla Bean Ice Cream, which um, has a, a high a substantial co- uh, concentration of DA and diacetyl acetylpropanil in it. Um, and so I went to work at reformulating and I've gotten it just as smooth and just as creamy and now it t- tests under combined between diacetyl and acetylpropanil, uh, less than two parts per million. Lou, just call it AP, I do. Yeah, AP and, and DA. Uh, but I'm, I'm under two parts per million across the board in all of my liquids now and they're all just as creamy. As, as Millennium Milkshake was. I call it Pineapple Sunset now, but... Because I changed the recipe so much. Yeah. And, oh, was it Sedona Sunset before? No, it was Sedona Surprise. That was a, that's a, banana, that's a strawberry banana one. Yeah. Yeah, see, and we all... And that's really funny is... We've got... Jerry, how long have you been vaping? About three years. Okay, well, and, you know, you are what I would still consider a veteran. And what is so funny is we always, we all get together and we start talking. Something comes up about, and it's almost like, you know, well, back in the day, I walked three miles uphill to school each way in two feet of snow barefooted. And and that's not it. And I don't really think that's the way we mean to come across to people. But it's kind of like, you people think you got it rough now? Holy shit! We all had to quit smoking on a five ten stick battery for God's sake. I remember. Yeah, and I don't think anybody imagined uh, three milligram or one point five milligram. That's the new one I saw. Yeah, dripping yeah. lines in one point five milligram. That's low. We were all on you know 
30, mm. 24, 18. Yep. You know, but I went to 12. I went to 12 within like the first six months. And I have been at 12 milligram all of this time. And until Dino sent me that marquee with a dual coil build in it that was sub, I stayed that way. You know, the only time that I vape less than 12 meg to this day is in that setup. And it's the only one. And I'm perfect. I am perfectly content right there. Well, Gene, actually, that's a good segue into a conversation that would be real interesting to hear what, what James and, and uh, Jerry, is it Jerry or Vinny? I'm not sure. Uh, nope, it's Jerry. Uh, but it'd be an interesting conversation to have because what I've noticed is every time I try to nudge down my nicotine level, I'm at 12, and every time I try to nudge it down to 10 or 9 or something, I find I start consuming more e-liquid, even though I vape yes. at my usual 9 watts. Um and so I, I'm convinced that, that our bodies really kind of self-titrate. So when I see all these people go bragging about being down to three milligrams, which, you know, is great, but if they're <laughs> going through 25 milliliters of liquid in a day, yeah. you know, I mean, you're, it, it seems to me that our bodies just self-titrate. If we want more nicotine, we're going to vape more. And if we vape something that's too strong or when we've had enough nicotine, we put it down. I mean, it's just as simple as that. I mean, I remember the first time I vaped 24 I put it down immediately because I started feeling like I had too much coffee, and I had felt that way within seconds. And I said, nope, nope, no more of that. I've had enough. Well, isn't, isn't there a correlation between uh, nicotine level and wattage? I mean, two well, or three years ago, we were never anywhere near some of the wattage levels we have today in the rebuildables and the devices, and I think it, if you have a more efficient way of, of uh, heating up your e-liquid, you know, that's going to probably increase the, the effect of the nicotine. Well, it's a double-edged sword. On the one hand, there is indications that the nicotine absorbs faster at higher, at, at higher heats. It's not been scientifically confirmed, but for example, in the plasma nicotine absorption level study, we did the protocol that Dr. Farsalinos used. <clears throat> we used 18 milligram. He used made 18 milligram liquid. And first, he had his group of people do sigalikes. So he had them come in after eight hours of abstention, and he takes a blood draw for a baseline. And then he had him use the Sigalike for five minutes, taking 10 puffs to emulate a cigarette. And then he takes another blood draw. And then he had him use the Sigalike at what, will. What the hell is that? What? You what have... are you hearing? Oh, oh. cicadas. You're hearing the chirping sounds? Sounds like crickets? Yes. Cicadas. Yeah, cicadas. Oh, you have so bugs, he, Lou. He had him use the Sigalike uh, the for an hour of at will as much as they wanted, taking blood draws every 15 minutes. Then he had them come back on another day using the same 18 milligram liquid and he used an EVIC so that he could track the number of puffs and puff durations and so forth. Um, but he did the exact same protocol. Come in after eight hours of, of abstinence, take a baseline blood, five minutes, 10 puffs, stimulate a cigarette, second blood, and then use as much as you want for an hour, taking bloods every 15 minutes. And the Sigalikes over the entire course of the hour never got to the level of plasma nicotine absorption of a single cigarette. But the EVIC at 9 watts, it took about half an hour, 35 minutes, I think it was, before it actually registered being as high as a single cigarette. So the higher temperatures are increasing the absorption rate of the nicotine. But once you go above a certain heat, and we don't know what that level is, we believe that there may be other toxicants being generated. Mm -hmm. we, we just don't know for sure. The guesstimate right now is you know, that it starts going up. And once you get up over 400 degrees, it starts to seem, it seems to be starting to increase 
um, and we don't know what the, the, the trigger point is where it exceeds potentially that of a cigarette for something like formaldehyde. It would be individual because cigarettes have, you know, what, 7,000 different carcinogens, most of it generated by combustion. But for example, formaldehyde is one that I know has been looked at and there's a, a point at which it can actually exceed that of a cigarette. So it, it is a double-edged sword going to these higher levels. My point was really that if we try to reduce our nicotine level, I suspect we will see pretty consistently that those that do it will find their, their consu liquid consumption going up. And if they bring their nicotine levels back up a little bit, I think, because that's what happened to me. I went to nine and I went from four milliliters a day up to about six to seven. And when I went back up to 12, I went right back down to, to about four. So I think there is a direct correlation. And, and we have some of these people that are going through a lot of liquid. I met one guy at a vape meet who was telling me, and he was using super sub ohms with 18650s in series, and he was going through 40 milliliters of liquid a day. Jesus. Well, and, I, an e, and I, he's an EMT. I have to admit, though, that when I was dripping, I could go through 30 mil in a day. Now, yeah. understand. That Nick's strength. It was 12, but you have to understand. No. That's pretty strong. I, I invented vapor towels. Honest to God, I did. Everybody used to laugh. A lot of but spillage. back in the day when we were all drippers on regular-ass atomizers that were costing us 7 and $8 a piece, I burned up nine atomizers in seven days once. Nine. Okay. Well, you're just so, an animal, Jeannie. You're just a vaping animal. No, so <laughs> I, I it was, the, I so I started over dripping, and it was kind. Of, I was going through rolls of paper towels like you couldn't, like nobody's business, because I was literally flooding these things to try to not kill them, and most of the juice that I was putting in there was running out the bottom of these damn atomizers. So I thought you were just drooling over JD's DIY juice. No. No, not that. No, no. Because you, if you remember correctly, Lou, JD was the one that sent me the garlic dill pickle chip vape. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my buddy JD. I thought that was Twiggy. He tried to catch me at a vape show handing me a card with that crap. I looked at him and I went, go well, fuck yourself. <laughs> it, and see, here's the thing. is JD made so many wonderful recipes. Part of that whole contest was if you were a host and you, and you won this nasty shit and you wouldn't vape it on cam, you were cut off from JD's e-liquids and that wasn't going to happen so i vaped this shit on cam and it was awful but let me th so i got sick and tired of going through paper towels left and right and i took a roll of paper towels out in the garage and cut it in thirds on the saw so it, you know one roll of paper towels now became these three little rolls of paper towels that were really good for dripping because I was running all of my e-liquid out the bottom of an atomizer to try to keep the damn atomizer from burning up on me. It was terrible. It was terrible. So I used to use the edge of my shirt, and my wife put a stop to that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, James, what was the nick level in that sigalike you were trying out, you and Dane had? Oh, oh the jewel. Yeah. 59. Oh. 59. I, well, I so love it. Keep in mind, though, that's a nicotine salt. That's not really a straight liquid, right. unless you're putting your but, own liquid in it. But, Lou, have you tried it? Because I will tell you, four or five drags off of that jewel, and my need for nicotine is sated for a good 25, 30 minutes at least. I, I have tried it, and had those been yeah. out when, when we all started vaping, I mean, the people that have been vaping for five years or so, we didn't have a right. you know, product like that. I suspect vaping might look kind of different today. 
because they yeah. are that, they are that effective. What I don't yeah. know, and and I would love to learn. Um, hopefully, they'll they'll release some science on it. Um, really, is what it, I like to learn more about the science of, of nicotine salts by comparison to liquid and um, sure. what the toxicology of that looks like and, and and how the body reacts to it. But it certainly is effective, and it's teeny tiny. I mean, it's you know about the size of a pack of gum. And even the views that we were uh, playing around with for that uh, that one show, that's what, 48 milligram? The views, Sigalak? Well, the yeah, en- I'm, I'm not sure on that one. I think it is. Have any of you tried the Enjoy Recharge? Yes, I have one right here in front of me. Holy shit, hi. And that's I told everybody. I'm like, you know, if if that was all that was available, would I use them? Yeah, I would. I I would. Um, but if you want to, I looked everywhere on the packaging. I can't find it listed anywhere on the packaging, the inserts, anything with this thing, what the nick level is. And in my, you know, in the genie way that I have, I said, if you're asking me what the nick level is, it's this really fucking high. <laughs> That's but, a technical uh, measurement. Because signal legs don't, don't put on much power either. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, but I'm telling you, relation between power and, and nick strength. Yeah, too. if they you take five, yeah, five vapes off of this thing, and I'm like, oh, okay, that's enough nick. Well, you know, to Lou's point, when he was talking about uh, liquid consumption, uh, my my wife actually hated the fact that uh, you know for the last I, I don't know I, I've I've kind of raised my nick level. Uh, within the last eight months. But prior to that, I was walking around with either a dripper or a, a tank uh, that was bored out because at the time we didn't have sub tanks. So it was a K fund that was all tricked out. Um, and I would go through a huge amount of liquid in a day. And I had my mod in my hand pretty much from morning to night. Anytime she'd walk into my office at work, there would be a haze in there just constant and it was six milligram and the reason that i was vaping so much is because i wasn't getting the nicotine that i was accustomed to before with vaping 12 and 18 uh with tighter draw systems uh it it just it wasn't the same and i evaluated the fact that sometimes i'd wake up and i don't know this may just be me genie and lou i don't know if you've experienced this but you probably haven't because you you didn't vape that much as far as volume of e-liquid. But when I was vaping six and I was going through 20 to 30 mils a day, um, my chest would feel heavy when I woke up in the morning. Um, And that went away when I raised my nicotine level, which consequently reduced the amount of liquid I was going through. Well, I mean, there's no doubt that VG and BG have some kind of residue, and when you're inhaling down to the depths of your lungs as a direct inhale situation, and you're vaping that much liquid, you're going to have some kind of residue building up on the surface of on the surface of your of your lung tissue. The body apparently has the ability to process that, but when you go to those levels of volume, you can't be surprised that there's going to be something that you're going to notice. I've never experienced what you did because I've really, really never gone above six mils in a day, and that's only when I lowered my nick level. Um, so I, I've never vaped that way. And when I inhale, I literally take like a half a second to a one-second inhale. You know, I'm a mouth to lunger, and, and, and I just don't inhale very deeply. But um, I'm, not, I'm really kind of surprised that we don't see more of that because there are so many people today that are direct inhaling and cloud chasing right. with these monstrous volumes. 
and I'm really surprised we don't we don't see more people experiencing something. Obviously, the body it does have the ability to process it, but it's like I'm, I feel when I wake up after an inside vaping show the next day because I think I go through <laughs> ten mils. Oh, at ECC, I couldn't stay in a building more than 15, 20 minutes. I mean, just my nose was running. I was hardly vaping at all just because you're getting so much just from the room. But, I mean, my nose would be running just from being in there because there was so much vapor in there. It was, it was out of control. Um, see, I, was, I wouldn't say I was a heavy smoker, but I liked to smoke. So I am a chain vapor, and I'm lucky enough to be able to vape in my office at work. So I'm pretty much like James was. I have a mod in my hand almost, you know. 20 hours a day it seems and I'm at 6 I go between 3 and 6 but when I started I was up around 18 and that was with my old Vivinova which I you know which, which satisfied me at the time that on an ego but with the amount I vape now and, and with some of these sub tanks I mean I've had to ratchet it way down but uh, I still vape quite a bit Oh, so I, mean, I just I... figured something out here. Um, we we have a smoke-free workplace now. Uh, so over the course of the past six or seven months, I've been using more snooze and vaping less, um, which, I mean, I, I got to say it's very convenient. And uh, now that I've done the research, uh, it, it truly is a, a modified risk or a reduced harm product even if it isn't allowed to be labeled that way within the United States. But uh, my, my consumption of e-liquid has obviously gone down drastically. But my nicotine, <laughs> the amount of nicotine I take in has gone up substantially. So I think last time I figured it out with strong and regular portions, I'm at about 100 and, 160 milligrams a day. <laughs> well, you, can't, you actually can't count it that way because you know, that may be what, what's coming off your device. And what may be in your right. snooze, but you know there's a certain amount you're inhaling. How much is certain, absorbed? And there's a certain amount you're exhaling, which is why we push for the plasma nicotine absorption level study, as opposed to what would happen was we heard the FDA in our, in our listening sessions. They were asking us, for example, our, our first listening session, we just showed them standards and we brought the subject matter experts to show how we got to the nicotine focus and quality and so forth. And it was obvious they really only knew cigalikes at the time. They really didn't understand the open systems at all. And um, so the next time I saw a TMA, I ran to Lincoln, I ran into um, David Ashley from CTP. And we said, would you like us to come back and show you the devices and the spectrum of gear? And he said, yes. So we brought a full spectrum at the time from Sigalikes all the way up to Darwin's and Proberis and tanks and everything in between, both sealed as it sold to consumers and open for them to look at. And we listened very carefully. They only ask you questions in a listening session. They ask questions about your presentation. They won't ask you about something that you're not presenting. And some of the questions, and we, we took Brandon Ward from Evolve as a guest subject matter expert to talk about the safety features in electronics. And they kept kind of asking questions about flow rate. And it was at that, after that meeting, I started scratching my head saying, gee, what is, you know, what, why are they focusing on flow rate? They're trying to figure out dosage. And what's coming off the device is not a way to measure dosage. It's what's actually getting absorbed into your body. So, Don't they call that free nicotine, what's what's available to be absorbed by the bloodstream? No, it, well, I mean, technically it's called plasma nicotine absorption level. Okay. It's that's, you know, what, what are you actually getting into your blood system? What's the actual dosage that's getting into your body? Um, so that, that's really the ultimate issue. I mean, 
there may be some people that call it free nicotine, but free base nicotine is usually the pure nicotine content. Um, free base nicotine is usually referred to as the pure level when it's at a thousand milligrams. That's the way I've seen it used. I'm, it may be used in, in other contexts, but that's the way I've seen it used. Um, but the, the, the plasma nicotine absorption level is where you're measuring from the blood how much nicotine is actually in the body. And so that's why that study was so important because it helped to establish a, a range from Sigalike up to nine watts to show that, that there is a range and that, that, that it's something that needs to be considered when they're trying to figure out dosage. But the bottom line is the body's going to titrate just like when we were smoking. You smoke as much as your body wants it. You know, some people smoke two packs a day. I smoked for 33 years and never actually got to a full pack a day. Oh, shit. I was two and a half packs a day. And, you know, and my husband, <laughs> my husband likes to, to tell me, you smoke two and a half packs a day. I'm like, but really, how many did I smoke? He said, you smoke two and a half packs of cigarettes a day. I constantly had a cigarette. And when I was at the shop working, I would light a cigarette and take a drag off a cigarette and set it down in the ashtray and, and get doing something and, and be doing something else and go back over there. And I'm like, oh, son of a bitch. There's a whole cigarette long ash in the ashtray with that filter. Hmm. I'll light another one then. Um, but, I mean, it was two and a half packs. I smoked a lot. A lot. Well, I'll be glad you're not still smoking today because when some places in New York, I think you're up to like thirteen, fourteen dollars a pack with taxes. Yeah, um, okay. about yeah. fifteen bucks in New York City. Well, and like even in Olean, New York, which is you know where I worked, um, they're over ten dollars a pack at it, um, retail hell, aka Walmart, and I was in line beside behind somebody and they got a pack of cigarettes and I went, holy shit. And the guy turned around. I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. I I just didn't realize cigarettes had gotten that expensive. And he goes, Oh, you're a smoker. And I said, Yeah, I was. And of course, you know. And I had my mod in my hand. And I'm like, Yeah, I've been doing this for five and a half years. He goes, Yeah, those things are worse for you than smoking ever was. Don't you? Didn't you see that on the news? <laughs> Don't you love that? Uh, well, I was in the military. Yeah. Probably back around the time that James was born. The PX uh, carton of cigarettes was five dollars with no tax. Wow. Yeah, it's it's funny. So, well, I didn't mean to to kind of take over your conversation here. We, I, I thank you for including me. Well, thank you for calling in. If there are any other, I was talking. I was talking about you, so you might as well, you know, be in here <laughs> and hearing it I, firsthand. In the in the Skype in the group Skype chat, I threw that picture of the uh, of my little little evolve collection. It's in, it's in the chat in the Skype chat. You can grab it and see it. No, we can't. I don't see it in here. Nope. It might be in it. one of your other. Yeah, I think you sent Skype, it. Gene. I think no, yeah. I just did look at my other Skype. I think you sent oh. it to somebody else, it's Lou. It's in the group. It's in the group Skype chat. If you don't see the chat portion you have to click on the button for the chat the last thing in this group skype chat is me adding you to this call oh well, uh, it might be the previous call oh. okay maybe i have to yeah. oh i didn't hit send there it is okay there we go it'll let me download it in three hours <laughs> oh there you go <laughs> oh no there i see it yeah there's a couple of devices in there that actually haven't been released yet well imagine that all you important peoples 
The red one is uh, the new H Cigar uh, DNA 40. They have a DNA 200 coming out. They also have a little tiny one that's a DNA 25 that I'm really looking forward to. But um, they gave me the, the 40. And it's really actually quite nicely designed. It's bigger than it needs to be. It's almost as big as a 200, and it's just about as heavy as a 200. But it's, What's that it's one all the way over? What's the Mac over there? Is that a Titanide? No, it looks like a Titanide. That was the uh, inhaler version, and it's got the oh, okay. it's yeah. got the inhaler can on top with the kick in it. Yep, I see it there. <laughs> Very nice. Oh, there is the DNA 200. Yeah, well, there's two of them, actually. The silver one is a 200, and the black one to the left of it with a tank with a red drip tip on it, that's the Vapor Shark. Oh. Oh. I can't wait. That's what, the one thing I really want to see at VaporCon is I'm really hoping that somebody has one of the opuses with them so that I can see them because you know I have a little bit of an opus issue too. <laughs> I have well, several of those. People are going to enjoy the 200. You don't certainly don't have to vape it, you know, and and, and even in temperature control mode you, you have the option. But it's just got a lot of really cool features. You can set up I think eight preset uh, profiles, profiles, different sets. Yeah. And then you can scroll through them with one of the buttons, so you can, can kind of scroll through that. But it, it's it, it, there's a slight different technology used, and, and I don't know that much about it, and I wouldn't be at liberty to talk about it anyway. But to me, it's a much smoother vape. I mean, it's a bigger device. There's no doubt about it because of the design. It has to be. Um, but it's it's if you if you take the exact same liquid and the exact same coil and put it on 200 device and some other even a DNA 40 at the exact same setting, I think you'll notice a, a difference in the vapor and the quality of the vapor. I find it's, it's just smoother. It's kind of hard to describe what smoother means, but when you do them, vape them side by side, I think you'll, you'll see the difference. Um, and see, and here's the thing. I, my short screen says you're a dumbass. <laughs> that, that's what comes up on my screen when, when, mm. When short protection comes on. Um, yeah, well, you know, I mean, what would you expect my device to tell me when I do something stupid? <laughs> it, it, Did you set it to say that? Yeah. <laughs> instead, of, instead of saying check your atomizer, it says dumbass? It says you're a dumbass. <laughs> well... I, I really do depend. I'm a dumbass, and I tell everybody that all the time. I am a dumbass. I really need a device that is much smarter than I am. Well, I have it. Well, if you're a dumbass, Jeannie, you're a very, very nice one. So my damn device tells me you're a dumbass. <laughs> my husband laughed his ass off, and I had to show him how it worked, too. And he's, oh, he's thank like, you for having me. I'm going to say goodnight and let you guys get back to your show. And uh, Good night. Good night, Lou. Again, I can do it again, but I'll, I'll say goodnight for tonight. You're welcome back good anytime, night, my friend. Goodnight, Lou. Thanks, everybody. Good night. Are everybody else still here? We're here. Yeah. Okay. I had to make sure that I didn't lose the whole <laughs> damn call. I'm just saying. Oh, yeah. You didn't know that? I thought you knew that, James. No, I didn't know what your screens were set to. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It says it says you're a dumbass. You have an abusive DNA two hundred. No, I have an honest DNA two hundred. <laughs> a very personalized one. Yeah. Yes. Um, 
I I have another one that's that's um I set one of the temperature control screens so that when it hits temp limit, it says two F and high. <laughs> nice. How long do you I've guys get to hold on screens. to the, uh, the beta units? I I think we get to we keep get, them. Yeah. Although mine mine is very mine is one of the very early ones and it has a crooked five ten connector and the screen is crooked, but that makes it mine, so I'm fine with it. <laughs> yeah. Um. I, yeah. I think we get to keep them. I get to yeah. keep my kick beta. I'm gonna. Cry. Why do you say shit like that, Vinny? Because I'm gonna cry if if they send me a message and say, "Hey, it's time to give it back now." Well, now you're calling me Vinny too. Is it an Italian thing? <laughs> it is. You sound Italian. <laughs> oh, and I did too. Damn it! My God. Irish father-in-law. I hate that. Vinny. I. Sorry, I'm sorry. That's okay. No, I really have to apologize because my <laughs> Facebook rant today was this bitch calling me Gene, and I'm telling you, I I hate it. That's not my fucking name, and so I really, really, really apologize. No worries. Um, I answered to a lot of things, a lot of things, and I listed them all off, and the only one I left out is yo bitch because I answered to that one too on occasion. But this woman calls me Jean every time I have to have a conversation with her, and it's just because she's a condescending bitch, and I uh. and she knows I can't stand it. It ugh, makes me want to really wish that my hands weren't screwed up so I could throat punch her. <laughs> Honestly, I'm telling you. I've got relatives that live in the South that call me Jamie, even though my name is James, but I guess that's how they that's how they shorten it there. They call me Jamie. Well, Jeannie's not actually one. my given name, James. That is a nickname. That is a shortened yeah. version. Yeah, that's a shortened kind of version of my real name. But um, that's all anybody ever calls me, except my father. And it's because he's always trying to piss me off. So he calls me by my given name because he knows it annoys the shit out of me. <laughs> so, <It's>... you know. <sighs> so, England. Yes. Yay for England, um, and boo for all of the bullshit that's going on in the media. Um, public we, Health England. Yeah, because, I mean, what it is is public health is saying that e-cigs are 95% safer from everything they've examined, and that, you know, doctors are going to recommend them to patients that are smokers, which which is awesome. But the media took that and had to make something out of it to cause a fucking ruckus and said, oh, they're going to make these available by prescription. Nobody ever said that. That's not what they said. So, hmm. you know, while it's awesome for England, and I'm really glad that there are some medical professionals that are saying, besides ours, that are saying, hey, no, look, this this is the reality. These things are not the devil incarnate. These they They're a very useful tool and should be supported. So, I mean, that, that's, it it shouldn't come as a surprise that the media uh, sensationalized something that was said. The big takeaway here is that they actually have medical professionals that are able to, or willing to stand behind the product because I'll, I'll tell you from firsthand experience I've had, since I started vaping, I've had three different doctors that I've talked to, and I've been candid with them and told them I was vaping when I'd go in for health checks. And 
out of the three, only one of them was even marginally okay with it. Um, yeah, they did. <laughs> they were not happy to hear I was vaping. Um, so I, I don't know what the general opinion is among medical practitioners here, but it doesn't seem too positive. Um, and, you know, I guess I'm very fortunate because uh, my general practitioner here has always been in support of it. Um, when when I walked in there, <laughs> when I walked in there after getting out of the intensive care, he said, you must quit smoking. Yeah. He said, if you don't quit smoking, Jeannie, you're going to die. And I said, okay. Meaning... I was okay if I dropped dead, um, which now that I look back on it, I think how fucked up was my head. And I think that's something that most people lose sight of, uh, especially right. when they're dealing with people that have been smokers for a long time, is we knew what the risks were, and I myself was fine with it. I mean, I laid in intensive care for nine days. I had a blood clot in my right lung the size of a golf ball. Um, I very easily could have died. And I was not old in, as I put little air quotes around it. Um, you know, I will be 47 on my birthday in November. And I have been a vapor since January the 8th of 2010. So, I mean, I wasn't old um but i was in some serious shit and when i walked out of the hospital i wasn't even through the parking lot of the hospital before i lit a cigarette my husband had asked me about uh, a week and a half later if i had looked into those e-cig things no he said that electronic thing he said what electronic thing he said the cigarette I said, what? That's how much attention I had paid to him when he had brought up e-cigs to me prior yeah. to that. I couldn't even remember him mentioning them. I had no idea what the hell he was talking about. And I went online and I spent $55 on a blue starter kit. And it showed up January the 8th. And guess what? It worked. It sucked, but it worked. And I went on the largest e-cigarette forum on the planet and asked for help. And the first response that I got was, that's what I got for being a stupid bitch and buying a blue. So I went and found another forum and uh, found some really amazing people in another forum. Um, PEC Smoke Shop, um, Terry Brazel, uh, Vaporhead, Don Shoots, um, these, these bunch of wonderful people in there said, they helped me out with the blue and they said, look, it's, it's never going to last for you. Uh, you know, because my, I was having this panic attack over the fact that I went through a five pack of these little things for it. Um, remember them? They had the teeny tiny little pencil eraser size cup in them. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Those the, used to infuriate me. Yeah. The blue was a three piece thing. Then <laughs> it was the battery. Yeah. What we would know is a three Oh six and these little, Thanks. cigarette filter looking thing that had a little cap in there less than yeah. the size of a pencil eraser that held like six drops of e-liquid six <laughs> drops i think my experience with a blue lasted three days it just wasn't cutting it 
Um, yeah, the guy at the, the PC Smoke Shop um, made sure to get a 510 out, a 510 stick kit out to me in the mail so that I had it the next day. Um, because I really don't think if I'd have had to fight through with that blue, I would have stuck with it. Because I kept thinking these little five packs of these things are $10 a piece. And I just went through a box of them in seven hours. But for me, the blue was like a proof of concept. You know, I wanted to see if I could not pick up a cigarette, at least being satisfied from the standpoint of getting nicotine in my system. So yeah. even though I didn't really like it as an experience, it kept me off a cigarette for like two or three days. And I said, okay, there's something to these e-cigs. Yeah. And then I went out and got my, uh, my Vivinova and my, uh, my Eagle battery and, and life was good. Oh, Jerry, you, you, you don't know the struggles. <laughs> <laughs> The old days. Three miles uphill to school each way in her freaking bare feet. <laughs> Carrying your tuba. Um, yeah, but you know, I mean, the struggles that people have now is the abundance of choices that they it's have. It's how to decide. Yeah, it's the abundance of choices. Our fucking issues were stir sticks and pyramid tea bags and, mm. f- and fucking blue foam. I missed that whole... Era. Or, or my oh. cardo is flying out of the bag and hitting the wall when I tried doing a Terran spin. The Terran spin, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, Jacatro mentions that Terran spin all the time, and every time she does, I'm like, I remember that. Yeah, it was It was just god-awful. But our struggle was raiding our kitchen and finding all of this miscellaneous bullshit that somebody described in words in a forum that might make us get five more minutes out of our vape you know our struggles were having to have a a bundle of 510 stick batteries almost the size of a roll of paper towels to be able to go on a three-hour shopping trip (laughs) (laughs) without having batteries go dead i mean i remember it was that phil basardo video of him boiling cardos to try to reuse Do you remember when my, James will remember, do you remember when My Freedom Smokes came out with that special little adapter to put on your Cardos and the syringe that hooked to it so that you could flush them out? Yep. But my favorite was still the Vape Mate. I used the Vape Mate all the time with HH-357s. The Vape Mate was that thing super Mm T-made. And you could screw a 10 mil bottle up to a 60 mil bottle onto the side of your, your atomizer and it hung off the side. Oh yeah, and just and, squeeze it a little bit and drip. And Steve Chase, God love him, the nicest man on Drip-o-matic. the on the planet. Uh, yeah, the drip the, on demand. That's the drip it. on demand, and yep. and God love him. And I used to always get really um, church like when Steve Chase would come to my shows because he's a really super nice guy, but he doesn't like cussing at all. And and he come into my show and all of a sudden. I'm talking about crap and and this thingamajig and where normally I'd be going this fucking piece of shit. Um, but and it was because I really liked this man. He was a really, really nice man. And yeah. I was always worried about offending him. And I can remember when the first person asked him if he designed it to look like a crack pipe. Because he literally had no clue. <laughs> you know, he, he was he's such a nice man. And he was just devastated when he went looking things up to find out why they would say something like that to him. And and that they act actually look like drug paraphernalia. And his wonderful wife would paint them. I still have one. I have one that I will keep forever because his wife painted it just for me. 
Yeah, I remember those hand-painted ones. Yeah, they were gorgeous, you know. But, I mean, I still to this day feel bad for the, the reaction in this poor guy when the when the first person said to him, you know, you know, they look like a crack pipe. Because he really had no idea. He actually had no idea. And to this day, I think there are people out there that that didn't honestly believe that. Um, but if you've ever met him or talked to him, I mean, you know without a doubt he had absolutely no idea that it would even resemble anything that would be drug-related paraphernalia. You know, he was awesome. Oh, and somebody just put Shan in the chat. Yeah, you know what I still have? I found the other day is, remember when Shan was making those CE2 tanks? Yep. Out of a 30 mil uh, syringe casing like? Yeah, I I found one of them. And I could never get them to work because CE2s suck donkey balls. <laughs> they were the worst thing ever invented. They really were. Hated them. Hated, fucking hated CE2s. I could never get them to work. They either were giving me um, a dry vape, and which was nasty tasting, or they flooded all over the damn place. Um, Par, Par absolutely loved them. Par could get anything to fucking work. Yeah, we went, we, we have been through some struggles. Do they really, do they still make gear that sucks? Yeah. Oh, yeah, course. the Pro Tank. <laughs> that... I found uh, I found a picture of my old setup. I'm gonna have to. This was the one that I was the most proud of because I doctored the GG and actually got it to work properly, um, and it was hitting pretty good. But it cost me an inordinate amount of money because I don't know if you remember, but whenever you bought GG stuff. Uh, you got the mod, but it needed all these different pieces to go with it. <laughs> and so you'd spend like an extra 60, 80 bucks on pieces and screws and springs. And yeah. and it's funny that you show up with this picture of this Gigi, because last week when we were talking about Darth Octane, one of the things that we brought up was Darth's Gigi collection. <laughs> uh, Darth Octane had a Gigi collection to beat all hell. I mean, I could have bought a fucking car for what Darth had in in his Gigi collection. And I think that was part of the the thing with this discussion today about gear was, you know, everybody's like, "Well, but you can get all this stuff and that's where it came from." You know, I still have my Provari. Uh my Provari was a birthday gift to me from PB Dragon and Marta and and I, to this day, have my Gigi. I will never get rid of my Provari, ever, because yeah, it was a gift to you. me. It well, One, even if I never use it again, it was a gift to me. And anything that, that I have ever been given as a gift or means something to me, I hold on to forever. I just don't think that I could ever get rid of them. Um, the only mod, I gave away an Evic because I just thought the Evic was a piece of shit. Um, and, and before anybody gets mad in the chat, I'm not saying the ev that the EVIC is a piece of shit. It was just a piece of shit to me. Um, I had better gear. Um, so I bought and paid for that and I gave it away to somebody. Um, the only other device that I've ever bought that was expensive and given away was uh, a Sabretouch. Um, because mm. that mod was a piece of shit to me. Uh, there are a lot of people that get them and they love them. I, with my hands and the issues that I have with my hands and my spinal cord stimulator, um, I kind of have voltage running through me all the time. You know when you go in 
uh, to a store that's got the credit card machines that you have to write with the pen on because your finger won't do it. I don't mm-hmm. have that problem. Um, because I have voltage running down both of my arms, I don't need to use that stupid pen. I can always sign with my finger. Um, but the Saber Touch, there's something in the switch with the Saber Touch. It would not fire for me. I always had to lick my finger to make the device fire. Well, fucked if I'm going to have a $175 device that I need to lick my finger to fire every time. Fuck that. I gave it away. And the person I gave it away to was ecstatic with that device because she didn't have, had never had a variable voltage device. She didn't mind 16340 batteries. I think 16340 batteries are the most useless piece of shit ever made. Oh, put, they are. They're horrible. They're, 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 it's just ridiculous. Yeah. Actually, the the ten four forties are worse. I, those are the those are the little triple A sized guys. <laughs> yeah, because I had a precise that used the ten four forty, and with a standard resistance five ten or a three oh six, you got maybe ten good vapes out of it, and then it would just start dropping off. Yeah. Well, and after I said something about my Provari, I'm like, damn it, I said that. I need to make sure that I just didn't lie. And I went and I got my Provari out of this beautiful mod holder that Mark Dolan built for me. I actually have a Lazy Susan for my mods. I love it. Um, but I got my Provari out and I stuck an 18650 in it and, and I screwed my Nautilus onto the top and I hit the button. And you know what happened? It did exactly what the hell it's supposed to do when I pushed the damn button. So <laughs> do you know how many Vamos and, and Z-Maxes that I went through? I killed three Z-Maxes. Do you know what wow. I did to all three of those Z-Maxes? I dropped what? them. I dropped them on the carpet in my living room. And all you fucking be more th- careful. Well, one I dropped on the bathroom floor, um, which yeah. is which is laminate, so you know it's not like it was concrete, um, and the whole top popped off of it. Um, the other two, and I dropped them on my living room floor because I'm known to drop things. Um, the tops popped off, but the, the wires didn't break. So technically I probably could have shoved them back together and, and used them. But, um, yeah, I'm not going to do that. Um, I'm a dumbass. I would probably end up venting something. Um, but yeah, so all of the devices that I have, none of them were really cheap. You know, um, I think the cheapest one of the devices that I have now that, that work, um, are probably my silver bullets. But, you know, in the grand scheme of things, they weren't cheap either. They were, what, 80, 80, 90 bucks? Yeah, that was the mod that I was so envious of. His Grim Green had that bright green one with the black switch. Mm-hmm. And I always wanted one of those ever since I saw that. I have one. <laughs> I do. I'm, I'm I got to looking... say, the, the day I got my Proveri, I think that was, out of all the mods I've I've gone through since then, still probably my favorite and i yeah, am because it just worked oh yeah and i've dropped it on concrete lost it i mean i can't tell you how many times it's 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 a brick i mean it's fantastic and and as i whisper i have one of those part puts in the chat she's got two you want one james <laughs> <laughs> i have too many mods already i have and see and that's the funny thing the first mod that i ever bought out you know, number one, my ego. When I bought my ego kit, and 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 hold on to your ass, I paid a hundred and ten dollars for my ego, 
Ouch. And it was, no, 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 no. That was cheap at the time. It really was. Because the only place you could get an ego was from Janty. And it was a dual in it, and there was, and I got, there was two batteries with it. I was, this is fucking awesome because there were two <laughs> batteries, and they were six hundred and fifty mile batteries, and it was one hundred and ten dollars. Um, Janty was the only one that that had them at the time. So if you wanted an ego, you were buying it from Janty, and it was going to have the Janty logo on the bottom of it, and it was it was like light from heaven when i got this thing it was it was it was amazing you know we were just oh my god these things are so fucking amazing and everybody was on vape shows going oh my god it's awesome it's amazing you won't believe it and and everybody ran out and bought one and we were happy to pay 110 dollars for this thing because you know what that's 650 ma compared to the 180 ma 510 stick batteries that we had hey I mean, it it really was a game changer, and and to tell somebody that an ego battery was a game changer, they're looking at you like you've just sprouted two heads. <laughs> yeah, you know my my first ever device was the GLV Super Mini. Oh yeah, you remember those? Uh-huh. Well, they still sell them, but I always wanted uh, a GLV Mini and was, never got one. Yeah, the the Super Mini was the one that took uh, what was it the eighteen three fifty. And uh, I had the vape made on that with a little five mil bottle and a drip tip. And my brother-in-law nicknamed it the Space Llama <laughs> because it looked kind of like a llama. <laughs> oh, yeah. With that thing hanging off the side. <laughs> I always, I follow Keezy. Um, and every time Keezy puts up a post, you know, I always make sure that they show up in my feed. And yeah. and I love it when Keezy puts her post up. And every time she puts a post up, I'm like, you know, I was always going to buy a GLV and never did. Because I never could do the, the bottom buttons on anything. And, and now I really can't. Um, bottom buttons just kill me. Hence the never into the GGs, never got an empire, never, you know, I could never do them. And the, the GLVs, I was like, oh, you know, that's a button I could handle because it was a top button. Yeah. And to it's this, like a detonator. Yeah, to this day, I've <laughs> I've never bought one. My only problem with them was the bottom of the mod is not squared; it's rounded. So, if you try to set it down on a table, it falls over. Well, yeah. Um, and also, it was really designed, at least the original ones, they looked kind of odd with a tank on them, because where the five ten comes in, it's very very thin. It's it's not a seamless look. It's like. You know, it's 510 diameter. Uh, it's not 22 millimeters, <laughs> which is right. what everybody wants. Now, what do you have? What did you say you have on top of your DNA 200? I have an Alliance RDA. Oh, is it square? And it's it's uh, made by Fogwind. Is it Vapor square? Company. Is it square? No, it is not square. Oh, what device do you have that on? A DNA 200. Oh. Beta. Is that round? Yeah. No. So, fuck your seamless. <laughs> Got you there. Oh, man. I've been owned. <laughs> Just say it. <laughs> True. But, no, I, you know, when I when I upgraded from my ego, I got a silver bullet. And, and God love Nurse Sin. Sin, we miss you. Um, I, I miss that woman all the time. And I have to tell you, the greatest thing that woman ever did for me 
she got on Skype with me one time, and you know how she always was giggling? But everybody mm. was telling me what to buy. You know, I said, you know, well, I think I'm going to get a mod. I think, you know, I'm I'm going to upgrade from my ego. And, and it wasn't everybody saying, oh, you know, look at this one or look at that one. It was everybody saying, well, no, fuck that. You need to get this one. This is what you have to buy. And Cindy Skyped me one day, and she said, Jeannie. I said, yes. She said, I need to talk to you, and you need to turn my video on. And I said, okay. And Nurse Sin sat on Skype with me and went through all of her mods and told me what was the differences, what she thought was good about this one or better about that one. And and I'm like, okay, at the end of this two hours on Skype, I said, well, what should I get? And she said, whichever one you want. <laughs> and I ended up buying a silver vein silver bullet that to this day I still have. Um, that one, I will honestly admit to everybody, that one I did send in to get fixed. Um, it wasn't something that the device did wrong. It was something that I did wrong. I had that typical um, new vapor thing um, where when something screws together, you make sure your connections are tight, right? Well, in, in vaping, <laughs> in vaping, we know. Oh, shut up, Dagger. I know how that sounded. <laughs> I didn't even mean for that to sound dirty. Um, but, yeah, I was over tightening everything on it. So then when I got something that didn't have a protruding pin, um, I was having fire issues. And Val finally said to me one time, Val says, Jeannie, you've got three silver bullets now. Send the fucker in. <laughs> so I've got a silver vein. I've got a copper vein that the wonderful Paris Bape got for me. Thank you, Paris. I love you. Um, I have a green. I have the green one with the black button. That I got for my three-year vape anniversary, and then uh, the wonderful Miss Fiamma um, got me, uh, sent me one of the hot pink ones to vape bash. No, it wasn't to vape bash. It was to VaporCon last year. She sent it because she knew I wouldn't take it. She sent it to Par and had Par bring it to me and give it to me because then I couldn't refuse it. So I have four wow. silver. I have four silver bullets, um, and I will have all four of them till hell won't have it. If you drop it off a fucking building, it will still work. And not that I've ever dropped it off a building, but I can honestly say that one fell out of my back pocket. My silver vein actually fell out of my back pocket one time getting in my car, and uh, I backed out of my driveway. And I went to reach for my e-cig and it wasn't there. I'm like, oh shit, it was in my pocket. And I reach back and it's not in my pocket. And I'm Ooh. like, oh my God, where is it? And I get out of the car and I had backed, I had dropped it out of my pocket and backed over it with my car. And guess what? I picked it up and pushed the button and the motherfucker worked. It's like Ed's uh, Mantis test video. Yeah. Drove over it with his truck. I got one of them too. Need I to get know, one of those for my wife, I think. Oh, the Mantis? The Mantis is an awesome device. It is fucking amazing. Um, and it lights up green. Yay! Um, but it's com it's all made out of Delrin. And if JD's still here, I would like JD Vore to note that I called it Delrin. I used to call Not it... Durlin? Yeah, I used to type it Durlin all the time. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was awful. Yeah. It, JD gave me shit over that for... Ever. Yeah, it Delrin. <sighs> but um 
they they jerry they really are if your wife drops stuff or if she complains about the weight of something um yeah um, well she carries around a vice grip with her that's how she removes tanks from devices oh so it's a little bit of an over tightener and uh everything i give her in about a week is all dented and dinged up so she needs help it's got tooth marks on it it's oh. got tooth marks on it i'm like where's my vice grip oh it's in my purse um, well, I have to tell you that Upstomp used to have a segment on his show, on the Awesome Show, entitled The Shit My Wife Broke This Week. Because his wonderful wife, and she really is wonderful, I absolutely adore her. Um, what is it with all you guys having really awesome wives? Because you do. The whole damn bunch of you do. I have yet, <laughs> I have yet to meet a vape wife that I didn't think was absolutely adorable and and they're they're amazing so anyway all you all you fuckers you're really lucky you're married to wonderful women and you need to remember that i'm just telling you Um, i think about it every day and i haven't got to meet your wife yeah she's a doozy in a good way yeah but she puts up with your shit all the time (laughs) that's right and does she vape james no she doesn't she she's tried it before. She's had a couple puffs here and there, and I always do the smell test. Like I'll 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 take a couple vapes and I'll blow it in her general direction, and then she'll sniff it and tell me whether or not that is acceptable. Because there are certain things like pineapple, too much of a stinky feet aroma. I can't vape that in the house. But um, yeah. you know, I got banned from vaping a couple of flavors too. Yeah. Um, I used to make a French toast. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were on my way to my sister's house. One day we were going over to my sister's house for dinner. And it's like a 30-minute drive from here. And we get almost to her house. Um, she lives like three miles up this one road. And we were just getting ready to turn on the road that she lives on. And my husband stopped. And he, he stops the car, right? And in this typical Paul if Paul asks you where you want to go for dinner, you better tell him because he'll stop in the middle of an intersection in the middle of a city under a green light until you answer him. Paul, wow. Paul stops the car, right? And he said, what the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, what? And he goes, what is that? I said, what's what? And he goes, what do you got in that? And I'm like, why? Does it smell bad? And he goes, no, it smells like fucking pancakes. And now I'm hungry and your sister's making steaks. <laughs> So, it smelled too good. <laughs> well, my French toast smelled like pancakes, and damn it, that he now he wanted pancakes, and we were going to have steak. And you know, God love my husband; he's the only man I know that would bitch that they were hungry for pancakes and getting served steak. Know, I'm a little confused by that. Yeah, yeah. So now I am I am not allowed to vape French toast in the house or in the car. So basically, anywhere that I would most likely be. So I don't make that one anymore. Um, mm. And the other day, uh, my oldest daughter was here, and um, she's like, "What is that? That smells really good." So of course she puts her drip tip on my on my mod, and she's like, "Oh, you know what that tastes like?" And I said, "Uh, your Grandma M's Christmas cookies." And she said, "That's exactly what it tastes like." And I said, "Good, because that's exactly <laughs> what it's supposed to be." Um, my mother-in-law always made these lemon shortbread cookies at christmas and and i shouldn't call them little because they were like plate-sized cookies 
you know, like um, like a tea saucer that you get with a dinner set. Yeah. You get the tea saucers and you get salad plates and you get dinner plates. Well, her cookies were never smaller than one of those saucers. So they weren't little cookies. But um, she always made these lemon cookies every year for Christmas. And um, I thought, oh, you know, that would be. And I worked on this flavor forever and ever and ever. And when Flavor Art came and they announced that they were going to have Flavor Art North America, before Niagara had even asked me if I would be interested in doing the DIY blog for them, I'm like, oh, my God, Lemon Sicily. Because yeah. Lemon Sicily would be perfect because every other lemon flavoring I'd ever tried was like a candy lemon, and I didn't want that. I didn't want a lemonade lemon. I didn't want a candy lemon. I needed this bakery lemon. And I'm like, oh, shit, I can get lemon Sicily again. And so I dug this recipe out and started working on it all over again. And I finally got where I wanted it. And I was vindicated when my oldest daughter, who had been eating her grandma's cookies all her life, said that it tasted exactly like Grandma M's Christmas cookies. So um, my husband looked at her. She's like, Dad, you would really like this. And he turned around and he gave our eldest child the the dirtiest look over top of his grandpa reading glasses and i pick on him all the time now because paul paul needs readers and he's always got them <laughs> perched on the end of his nose and looking over the top of them and i'm like grandpa he's like well i i am a grandpa so fine um he gives her this really dirty look over the top of his glasses and he's like no i am not trying that shit i don't need another habit so he refuses yep. he refuses to try it. He says if I get in the car good with you, him. if I get in the car with you and it smells like my well, no, not good for him because he dips. Oh, so, okay. you know. You got to get him switched over to snus at least, Jeannie. Um well, he has stopped all tobacco. Now it's okay. now it is um when he he thought he had a heart attack. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, he thought he had a heart attack, so he quit um he quit chewing tobacco. But now he has okay. this, it's alfalfa. Coffee pouches? or No, it's it's alfalfa, and it's got um, peppermint oil, cayenne, huh. cayenne pepper, and honey in it. Okay. So, but he's doing that. But, yeah, no, he doesn't need another bad habit. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's kind of funny. He said, if I get in the car with you and it smells like my mom's cookies, your ass is walking. <laughs> See, the, the worst one... Well, honeybees is pretty bad, but um, Halo's Belgian cocoa. I loved the way that tasted, but the way it smelled in the air was absolutely horrible. Oh, and no, no, honey, honeybees. Do you remember that? Yeah, honeybees was horrible, too. Oh, yeah, I can remember. Cat piss. And I can't, it was somebody from Vape TV, and I can't even remember who it was. Maybe it was DG? Yeah. Maybe it was maybe it was Danger Girl, but somebody from from Vape TV was walking around VaporCon going, "Who the hell's vaping honeybees? You're not allowed to be vaping that stinking shit in here." I think it. I really think it was DG. <laughs> but who? Because it it was nasty. It. I'm like, oh my god, what is that? And Nurse Sin says, "That's that honeybees. That shit smells like nasty feet." And I'm like, how do you know what it is? She goes, everybody knows what that is. They're not supposed to be vaping that it meets. But yeah, it was it was honeybees. And and they were right. That stuff really did stink like feet. Um, 
I have avoided any kind of honey flavoring ever since then too. Um, haven't would not touch a honey flavoring, and uh, that was another one that really surprised me when I got the flavor art stuff. Um, I made up a mix, and it's it's marzipan and honey and um, almond. I think almond. Yeah, almond. No, marzipan is almond. Um, it's it's the marzipan, which is the almond paste and honey and Oh, meringue. And um, I thought, yeah. well, we'll see how much this stuff smells. And I I tested the theory. And I took a bottle of that to camp with me. And that was the only e-liquid that I took. And um, everybody's like, ooh, something smells like, like chocolates. And it's that marzipan mix with the honey in it. Nobody said it smelled bad at all. So it's got to be just a combination. Um, I, I really think it depends on what honey flavor you're using, um, mm, because a yeah. lot of the honey flavors do stink like that. Sorry, Bernie's coming in and out of the door. <laughs> Bernie had to walk in here to show me that he's got flip-up sunglasses on his glasses. My child is a dork. <laughs> she gets some blue blockers. Ah. <sighs> I'm surprised it's only 11 o'clock and he's home from his girlfriend's house. My youngest, my youngest has a girlfriend. Oh, no. How old? He's 16. He'll be 17 huh? in November. I guess I should be glad it took this long, right? <laughs> he's the last one I have at home, so I'm allowed to pout. I don't think I could handle having girls and having to worry about boys coming around wanting to date them. I have two of each. And I, and I'd be the first one to tell you that raising boys is much easier than raising girls. Girls, yeah. are, girls are, and I, and I love my daughters, but my God, are they a pain in the ass? Yeah. No comment. Yeah. <laughs> I I can't tell you the number of time I've called my mother and apologized. She's like, <laughs> she's like, what? And I'm like, I j I'm sorry, mom. And she goes, sorry for what? What did you do? I. I I'm sorry that I was a girl. And and my mother finally said to me one day, she says, Jeannie, will you, you need to stop apologizing for that. And I'm like, why? And she said, because you were the tomboy. Your sister was the fucking girl. And that's exactly what my mother said <laughs> in those exact words. Um, yeah, I was always the tomboy. My my sister was always the girly girl with the, the hair and the makeup and the and the Barbie dolls and the and the and the whatever. You know, I was the one that wanted a BB gun because we had all dug foxholes out in the field behind my parents' house, and um, we actually played war with loaded BB guns. I, I, yeah, we did that when I was a kid too. Yeah, I have I have an eye injury that's so I have bad vision in both my. Oh, eyes. you know, I um, was just gonna say, and you never one, lost an eye, but now I'll leave it to you, James. <laughs> the left one is from a BB hitting it, and the right one is from dropping garlic into a hot pan of oil and having a piece pop out and fly into my eye. So, yeah. You know, I never, none of us ever got injured playing war in foxholes with, with actual BB guns. Um, but I can say that I have some scars on my legs, some pretty bad scars um, from playing tag on motorcycles. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 
Because Jeannie was in a street gang, apparently. Um, no, we all had dirt bikes. We lived out in the country, and four-wheelers yeah. didn't exist at the time. So, you know, everybody had a had a dirt bike. Um, I had a Suzuki RM125. And, yeah, we literally played tag on, you know, tag you're it on motorcycles. Um, Did you shoot at each other with the BB guns while you were no, riding the bike? No, no, no. They were two separate, two <laughs> separate events. And Did you ever do jousting while you were on the motorbikes? No, no, <laughs> no. We never played chicken, but I guess tag tag on motorcycles would be considered chicken. Um, yeah, we were we were bad. Um, the fact that none of us ended up seriously harmed or injured yeah. um, is is absolutely amazing to me. Um, maybe that's why when we bought our kids four wheelers and stuff for the for the longest time we wouldn't let them out of our line of sight with them. Um, maybe you think about the close calls. Yeah, I think maybe it was all the damn flashbacks from all the times yeah. that we should have been dead and weren't. <laughs> and that's a parent's primary job is to keep their kids alive till they get reach eighteen at least, right? Yeah, yeah, you keep them alive. Um, there wasn't. <laughs> There wasn't a single year that I didn't have a broken arm or a broken leg, though. Um, I, I will honestly tell you that I broke my right hand in 27 places all at one oh time. Oh, my God. Um, but that wasn't my fault. You see, that wasn't my fault, though, Jerry. I Joe McManus says you're weird for not jousting. Yeah. And I have to agree. When I, when I was young, my buddy and I, he... He had a lathe, and he also had like this huge flat sander that he his father um, built their house from the ground up, and they had a beautiful log home. But he took this sander and he made us two gigantic great swords out of wood. And Jeannie, these things had cross guards; they were like five feet long, and they had to weigh a couple pounds apiece. And we put on Carhartts and motorcycle helmets. And swung at each other full steam. And you want to talk about nasty hematoma-type welts. I mean, I can't believe the things we did when we were younger. And we were still friends afterwards, too. That was just part of playing outside. I mean, there there wasn't a lot of video gaming going on. Oh, I'll yeah, there that. wasn't. Yeah, no, no, no. Your, your, parents, your parents said, if it's not thunder and lightning, you better have your ass outside playing. Go away. Yep. Um, yeah, and it and it seriously was, you know, and I mean, and it was time to come in when the streetlights came on, and you went in and you ate, and you were like, "Can we have a flashlight to go out and play to play, <laughs> play flashlight, flashlight tag?" Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, my kids are like that, and it's it's really funny because when I was a teenager, I didn't want to go to camp every weekend with my parents. You know, I wanted yeah. to stay home and go to the movies or go to the basketball game or go to the skating rink. Um, yeah. Before, that was prior to them being drug dens. Um, you know, <laughs> I, I didn't want to go to camp. And this weekend, we have to go. Uh, we were going to stay home from camp. And then we remembered that um, my oldest daughter is getting married next month. And uh, her fiancé has two children. And we spend every weekend we can possibly go at camp in the summer. We're always at Kinzu. Mm. Um, we are at Kinzu every minute that we can possibly be there. And um, my kids, as teenagers and adults, you know, when all of my three older kids graduated from high school, they wanted their graduation party at camp. 
now that when we go down, um, Alexis will call and Jess will call and they're like, you guys going to camp this weekend? We're like, yeah, we're going to, okay, we'll be there. What do you, what do we need to bring? And my kids are always there. Um, they're always coming down. Well, Jess's fiance's two little kids, um, one's birthday is Sunday and the other one's birthday is Wednesday. And, um, when Jess and Chris asked them what they wanted for their birthdays and, you know, what kind of cake and ice cream, both of them said, well, do you, do you think Paul and Jeannie will let us have it at camp? And to me, that is absolutely amazing mm-hmm. that, that these kids, I really appreciate the fact that these kids want to be at camp. They didn't want to party at home with all of their friends. They wanted to know if they right. could have cake and ice cream at camp. There's no other kids at camp anymore. You know, it's just right. because um, my sister, my sister that camps down there with us, she doesn't have any kids. And my parents are down there. And so it's basically they're the only kids there, which is kind of cool for them because when it rains, everybody's got something for them to do. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's kind of a really cool feeling to me that these kids want to be down there you know i didn't i didn't have time for that shit i didn't want to be down there um and i just am really surprised that kids now want to be doing something like that because for the most part kids now are you know fuck i can't have my xbox right bernie bernie has never never once james asked if he could take his 360 to camp Wow. So I think yeah, and, I think we've done see, really well, you know. I mean, and and we were, and when I was a kid, we were. I think maybe because we were always forced outside, we didn't want to go. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that? Well, I don't even know if you want to get into this conversation, but do you think that this is what I believe that a lot of parents look at the electronic devices like iPads and phones to a lesser extent, but iPads and video games as being almost like a easy babysitter because, you know, the kid will spend hours and hours in front of it. Um, I think, I think some do. Um, I think I am the rarity when I limit the amount of technology my kids have. Which is good. I think it's healthy for that to happen because I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like it could potentially stunt some social development, even though it's going to increase their, you know, obviously there's benefits to them learning how to use technology efficiently, but, you know. Uh, You know, I thank technology. I really do. I mean, I am very grateful to technology because, you know, I damn near died smoking. And thanks to technology, I am an ex-smoker. Um, do mm-hmm. I still get nicotine? Yes, I do. And I don't, I'm not ashamed to say that. I'll say that to anybody. Um, but I'm not a smoker anymore. And I don't think it would have been possible without that technology. Yeah. But um, it wasn't, you were at the meet, wasn't it? It was VaporCon. I was there two years ago, I think. Yeah. And don't you remember, because we were talking about phones, because at the time we both had the S whatever. Yeah, yeah. And and you were like, oh, and you're telling me about all these features. And I'm like, fuck, I don't know. I've had this phone two weeks. I've never had a smartphone before. <laughs> and we were eating Kiera's uh, treats that you yeah. had gotten. And you were laughing your ass <laughs> off at me because I had no idea what this stupid <laughs> phone would even do. I'd never had a smartphone until then. Yeah. And and you were 
picking on me because I had no idea what this technology was. I didn't give a shit if my phone could get internet or not. I needed a cell phone to make a phone call. And I never texted either. I never texted on my old phone because that whole AAA, DDD, yeah, fuck that. I never did that. Um, But now that I have a smartphone, I, I really am addicted to it. But and you go in a restaurant and you sit down and you look over at this table of four and they've all got their phone in front of them. Well, mm-hmm. Paul and Bernie and I were doing that the other night. Uh, where were we? We were... Oh, we were in Hornell. We went to Hornell, New York to look at a truck. And we went to the Applebee's there to get something to eat. And Paul and Bernie and I are sitting at this one of them high tables around the bar area. And um, mm-hmm. we've all got our phones in our hand. And, and we're talking back and forth, right? And we've all got our phones, and the girl come up, and she's like, oh, there's there's games on this thing here, the stupid little computer things they have on the table. And we're like, oh, no, 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 we're all playing the same game. And she's looking at it, and she goes, oh, okay. And we're like, no, we're playing Trivia Crack. And Paul and Bernie and I sat there laughing at each other, over, but we were at least all playing the same game. We weren't everybody texting somebody else. Because that's something that, that I really notice and I almost think makes families more detached is you go and you go in a restaurant and you look around and everybody's got their phone out. And they're oh, all sure. they're all doing their own little thing. They're not even talking to each other. That's pretty sad. Mm-hmm. At the dinner table, basically. Yeah. yeah, I think that I don't think that's good. I don't think that part of technology is good. Yeah, well my, my parents were Kind of like yours, Jeannie. They wanted us to, you know, go outside, do something. But to, you know what, I, I will say it was kind of a different era because it seemed like there was so much more to do outside, even though <laughs> I don't know how much it's changed. But, you know, whether we were doing playing badminton or playing in the lot with uh, rubber band guns or whatever it was, you know, or me with jarts. I love jarts. You remember when jarts were deadly weapons? We still have a set of them at camp. <laughs> I love those things. We I do. Need to find some vintage ones, Jeannie, um, we with have, the steel tips. No, we have them. Mm. That's what we have. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's really funny um, because Bowen, um, the little boy that wants to have his party at camp, he says, he says, are them what knights used? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, what? And he goes, those things. He said, can we play with those things from the Knights? I'm like, <laughs> Bowen, what are, you, what are you talking about, Bowen? I said, show me. He goes, okay, I'll show you. And yeah. so this four-year-old takes me over, and he goes, damn, right there. And he's pointing at him. He goes, them things over there. He said, the Knight things. And I said, oh, those are yard darts. And he goes, they're what? <laughs> and you, know, you show him how they work? Yep. And we showed him how they worked, and I said, "Well, you can't play with these by yourself. You got to have somebody right. big with you." I said, "Cause, cause these could hurt you." And he goes, "Uh huh, cause them could stab you right through your belly." <laughs> <laughs> you know, the crazy thing is, like uh, Brian and Chat talks about how parents are afraid that their kids are going to get abducted. That's very true. But I think about the fact, Jeannie. I guess it was the grace of God that I didn't get abducted, but. I mean, I would take my bike and go 20 miles away. I mean, mm-hmm. and I'd tell my mom before I left, and I just needed to be home before dark, you know, on yep. a Saturday. We but used to do that on motorcycles. Things... We yeah. we would do that. I mean, there would be four of us 
take off on our motorcycles. And you know what? As long as you were back before dark, your mother didn't call the town cop. Well, the reality is if you did that today, like somebody turn you you in and they come take your damn kids. That's the reality. Yeah. Even if, even if you felt you lived in a safe area, if you've got a younger child that's walking around and there's no parents in the area, somebody's going to call it in. Um, so I know things have changed, but you know, to your point, I think about things that we did when we were kids and I'm just shocked that we're alive. I mean, I used to take my bow and arrow and, uh, I would shoot it into the air and see how far away I could get it to land. Uh, and it landed my, my neighbor, um, next door neighbor was riding around on his lawnmower, pulling a vacuum cart. And I shot one of my arrows into the air. And it landed point first into the wooden back of his leaf cleanup cart. Uh, and oh, I, I just fled. And he came to the door an hour later and uh, he knocked on my parents' door and he said, is, is your son at home? My nickname as a child was Chip. He said, is Chip around? So I came to the door and he's like, Chip, I believe this belongs to you. And he handed me the arrow. And I just thought it was so cool that he didn't turn me in. <laughs> yeah, and now the cops would have been but, knocking uh, on the door. Yeah. And yeah, oh, oh yeah. yeah, I mean it's yep. it's yeah. But before James, you said that there, there was just more stuff to do outside. It's just a, when we were kids, there was just nothing to do inside. Right. You know? Oh, I mean, that's true. Thirteen yeah. channels, and 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 most of it was crap. And you you had to go outside just to do something. Yep. You know, yeah, now the kids, you know, they, you know, I, I go in my daughter's room. She's got FaceTime running. You know, they don't even have to interact physically anymore. You know, right. she can have a hangout with, with a whole bunch of friends and not even leave her room. Oh, and, and here's the whole walk three miles uphill in the snow both ways bullshit. I can remember um, being, I don't even think I was in high school yet. Maybe I was. I don't know. I'd have to think about the year. I don't even know what the hell year these things were fucking invented. So maybe I couldn't. My parents um, bought my sister and I a computer for Christmas. Mm-hmm. They had just come out with these things, and my parents paid several hundred dollars, which right now doesn't seem like a lot, but at the time the Commodore 64 was invented, several hundred dollars was a lot of money. And my parents bought my sister and I this wonderful thing, this Commodore 64. It's a home computer. And we had it about a year. And uh, my uncle came down from Buffalo. And my uncle was oohing and on over this Commodore 64 computer that my sister and I had. And, you know, and how wonderful it was. And was it helping us with our homework and blah, 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 blah. And my mother looked at her brother-in-law and she said, Bill, the only thing they ever do on that piece of shit is play this rat game. (laughs) (laughs) Because, and James, I don't even think you're old enough to remember it, but I'm sure Jerry is old enough to remember the Commodore 64. I'm way older than that. Okay. Do you remember (laughs) that they had... There was uh, there was uh, table tennis. This was pre pong. Um, they had table tennis and a game called Rat Race. And I remember. Yeah, yeah. That's all my sister and I. A year we've had this computer for a year, and the only thing my sister and I ever did with it was play this rat race game. And and my mother said it was the biggest waste of money she'd ever spent in her entire life 
was buying that computer for my sister and I because we we never used it. It constantly. My mother says all I do is dust the damn thing. Yeah, we uh, we bought a uh, PC. I think it was a Tandy or something like that. But I remember taking classes. Um, I was homeschooled, and I was they let me audit a high school class for uh, word processing software. And this was before Microsoft Office. I can't even remember what the word process, I think it was WordPerfect. It was like mm -hmm. one of the very early versions. And back then, everybody had templates for their keyboards because there was no online help. So you laid a template over your keyboard, and then it had all the shortcuts on there. But I got pretty good at that. And then being an enterprising young lad, I uh, purchased several modems, set up a bulletin board system, installed several Dungeons & Dragons type text-based games, and then sold connections to people in the neighborhood so that they could ah. dial in and play text games. <laughs> now, we always keep saying, you know, where would vaping, where would we be if vaping existed back when we were smokers? Um sooner and sooner and sooner well if you think about it in the terms that i just laid out that you know when i started smoking computers didn't didn't even exist i mean in, and when they did it was the commodore 64 i mean this is like pre-fucking internet um so even if the technology had existed when i started smoking i w never would have known it yeah I, I never would have heard about it. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I mean, when I started vaping there was or wanted to vape, there was nobody that I knew that, that vaped. So I had nowhere to go to find out what is this stuff. I saw somebody with an ego, and I'm like, what is that thing? So, I mean, without the Internet and without all the resources there, and when I found Phil Brasado's site, Taste Your Juice, you know, luckily – you know, he had all these great links and how to get started, and, and, and I would have been stuck in the mud. I mean, and that's why it's so important today, uh, especially for older people, like my mother-in-law, who, you know, is computer-phobic, you know, of a good vape shop to, to steer people in the right direction because, you know, people don't know where to go. And if you don't have access to those resources, then the next thing you need is, 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 is a good vape shop that can advise people and, and put them in the right gear. Oh, you know what? And, you know, earlier I said I wasn't in favor of any list. That kind of list, Jerry, I would really be in favor of. If if people were to kick in um, the name of the vendor in where they live, you know, if you had to take a smoker and if you had to send a smoker to a to a vape shop to get started, where would you send them? Oh, that, funny because... that would be an awesome list right there. That's a list that I could get behind a hundred percent i mean you know i'm lucky uh you know james knows how much i love fluid vapor i mean I, I work right next door to those guys and and no matter who walks in there whether you're you know a senior citizen looking to quit smoking or a guy looking to sub home um they sell you what you need and yeah just yesterday i went to visit a new vape shop down in port jefferson on long island i saw it opened up i pulled in the parking lot and it was Vapor, e-cigarette, and convenience store. And I looked through the window, and what I saw was a rack of cigarettes behind the register. And I just started the car up and drove away. You know, and, yeah. and I see a couple of those where they're, they're, they're you know, yeah, they're, they're trying to capitalize on e-cigs, but uh, they just don't get it. And, and they're pushing cigarettes and everything and cigars and everything else. 
you know, and in the back of the store, they had vape gear. It's not a real vape shop. Well, you know, what are you going to well, get out of that? You, on the flip side of that, though. About it, yep, go ahead, what, uh, Bonnie Herzog wrote that article for Wells Fargo. We were actually going to cover it on the show this week, but we, we ended up canceling the show. So next show date is going to be September 1st. And I'm glad your um, nephew's but, better. Yeah, yeah. I'm very relieved to see that because it could yeah. have been really bad, Jeannie. I'm, I'm glad the, the doctors were able to do what they did. But uh, to that point, uh, when you were talking about shops, uh, the education after the sale, I think, is really important, especially when you're talking about the older generation, the people who are dependent on, on analogs and they're walking in and they're uninitiated into, you know, a lot of this. And it can be overwhelming. Um, and I think that's one of the huge advantages that a vape shop has over a convenience store. Because going back to the to the Herzog article, when uh, Bonnie wrote that article for Wells Fargo, she talked about e-cig sales plateauing. But if you read the article further, it talks about C-store products. Yes. And C-store products are, of course, disposables and the small refillable systems from Blue and Enjoy and some of the other ones. Um, those are the ones that are plateauing. In vape stores, they're seeing growth, and that's great because not only does it mean that the consumer is getting their hands on a better product, a lot of times a second or third generation product that's more efficient, but it also means that they're getting a chance to get that education after the sale. And, and, they're, and I can't still, underestimate the importance of that. Yeah, and they're still, the convenience stores aren't losing sales, but they're still maintaining the same sales. So you've got right. people that, that right. started there and have moved on, but... Obviously, because their sales are staying level, they're getting new ones in. Um, I'm not so against the whole vape shop, smoke shop thing, um, because I know here, and even, and this is true, even on the Indian Reservation here, um, and the Indian Reservations in New York State um, make their own cigarettes and sell their own brands of cigarettes. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of them have started to carry vapor products. Um, and there is one that is a smoke shop slash vape shop. Um, and what it turns out to be, it isn't one of those things where they're trying to capitalize on e-cigs. Um, the owner, who has a family to feed and to support, um, was a smoker for a very long time. And hence running a smoke shop and cigar shop. And then he got into vaping. And he would really like to turn it into 100% vape shop, but he still has the majority of his business that are cigar users and smoke cigarettes. Now, the guys, you know, this this man is in, a, in business to make money. Everybody is in business to make money, and I don't have a problem with anybody making money. Um, sure. But he's got a family to support, and he couldn't do that on the income from a vape shop. Um, because so many of his customers still want their cigars and their cigarettes. Um, but he's very knowledgeable about vaping. And I think if he could convert everybody to vaping, he would. Um, so a lot of his business for his vapor part of his business has come from people that came in there to buy cigarettes but saw him vaping and wanted some more information about that. And he gave him the information and he sold him a an ego starter kit at, um, I think 20 bucks. So, you know, is 20 bucks a little high for an ego battery and a CE four and a, and a charger? Well, that depends. You know, I know I can send somebody to iVape and they can get one for 10 bucks. 
but they're ordering it on the internet. It's not there. It's not in their hand, and it's not ready to go. Um, I'm not opposed to it, you know, him selling them for 20 bucks. I'm really not. I don't have a problem with that. Um, I've seen, uh, there, there's a guy that, um, I developed a dislike for, um, in the, in the DIY group because he wanted all these recipes so that he could, you know, sell them in his shop. And I'm like, wait a minute, dude, you didn't ask me for my recipe and tell me that you wanted to sell it in your shop. If I wanted to sell fucking that liquid story. Yeah. If I wanted to sell e-liquid, I'd be selling e-liquid. But right. then, you know, this is the guy that I go check out his his site because as want to do and i was already a little irritated with the guy to start with um because it's you know afterwards he's telling everybody you know well you know i'm selling that recipe and i'm i'm charging 18.95 for a 10 mil bottle this is fucking amazing i'm like you douchebag i go over and i start looking at his site and he's selling one of those express kits like you would get from joe at ivate for 9.95 the guy's the guy's selling these fucking things on his webpage for thirty four ninety five. Wow. In, in his web store that he's running out of his living room. I mean, dude, you're a douchebag. You know, and and I got a lot of shit over saying that. And everybody's like, well, you're against people. Ma-. I said, no, I'm not against anybody making a living. I'm, I'm really not. But when you're pushing a Ego Express pack, for thirty four ninety five, you're an asshole. If if Joe from my babe selling them for nine ninety five, you know Joe's making money. Mm. Right. Joe, you know, I mean, I I love Joe. Joe's not in business to to lose money. You know, he's selling products and making a profit on them. Um, that you know, guys like him, I have a bigger issue with guys like this guy selling that Ego Express kit for thirty four ninety five than I do. For the guy that's selling CE4s and, and blues and whatever next to his cigarettes. Because as far as I'm concerned, every exposure we can get that shows a smoker vapor products, um, I'm I'm all for that. Yeah, and it's great positioning for a transitional product, too. Yep. You know, it's they walk in there for smokes, they see... You know, maybe one of the kits or one of the uh, e-cigs catches their eye, or somebody says something to them, and there it is in a place that they frequent. So it's definitely a valuable tool for them to be there. Yeah, um, I do like that their sales are plateauing. Um, I don't know as yeah. I would like to see their sales going down, um, and I say that from an advocacy standpoint um, because well, sure. I mean, this is that the same article, James, we were going to talk about this week, you know, where yeah. the convenience store uh, sales are plateauing and they're saying because the technology just hasn't uh, caught it hasn't up yet. advanced. It hasn't yeah. advanced. And they're talking about the Sigalikes and they're saying, you know, well, at the, well, they don't measure it, that, you know, their feeling is that the, the, the vape stores are the ones that are, are growing and that's where people are going because people who smoke are not being satisfied by the technology available in Sigalikes. So they're kind of divesting from, you know, uh, selling these products. They invested a lot of money and, and retail space in these convenience stores a few years ago, and it hasn't panned out for them. So they're kind of backing off, you know, uh, that, that segment of, of what they sell mm. in, 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 in those outlets. Oh, I have to catch up on chat. Somebody's saying something about making a point, and I must have missed it. I'm sorry, everybody. I'm not keeping up with chat. I'm too busy talking. 
<laughs> uh, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe I was being a snob when I pulled out of the parking lot, but I, the vibe I got from that place was, you know, they would sell that shit to anybody, even kids. Oh yeah. That's no, no, just no. the way it looked to me from, you know, looking in the store, I'm like, that's bullshit. And I understand what you're saying about making money. And this was in a real saturated area where there's tons of shops. It's not like the guy, you know, was the only game in town and he had to have a dual purpose store or anything like that. It just, I don't know. No, I, there's uh, some shitholes, well, Jerry, yeah. and I completely agree with you. There's a bunch of shitholes. Mm. Um, I was in Vape TV. You know, I was hanging out in Vape TV the other night, and uh, this lady, Nancy, puts this link into chat, and it's a it's a picture of a, this vape shop. And, you know, and, of course, on the, the menu-style sign sitting out front, it says, you know, quit smoking today with no withdrawal. Mm. I wouldn't go in there. Right. So, you know, Jerry, I wasn't giving you a hard time. I really wasn't. No, 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 no. Because there's some shitholes out there. There really are. And I completely well, you, agree you, with you on that. I think you made a very good point. And, and you know, uh, it, it's not to kind of cast a brush over, over the all stores that sell tobacco products next to e-cigs. It's just, I don't know, maybe just the vibe I got. It wasn't, it wasn't a good message just from the way the store was laid out. You know, and it kind of, to me, you know, connected the two together. And I'm all for separating the two right yeah yep. one of the one of the things that they're talking about one of the one of the complaints we've had over on inside vaping is that people chastise dual users when the reality is genie if they're using a vaporizer and they're smoking most of the time they are cutting back to some extent mm-hmm. on the amount of analogs they're smoking and that is still albeit small it's a victory for those people so, but, but, but I will say that having uh, vapor products sold inside a smoke shop, um, it may get more people to pick up vapes and try them simply because, you know, there are still more places that you can vape than you can smoke, yep. even though that's changing. Uh, and it's exposure to the product, so it's positive. True, and, and but this this was completely the opposite. This was clearly a, a a vapor shop that sold cigarettes. Cigarettes, yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of what. Yeah, that I that I guess I would have a problem with. Yeah. They um, there's a there's a vape shop in Olean now, and the shitty one closed. Yay, um, but this vape shop is literally shares a wall. With a head shop. Mm-hmm. And um, a friend mm-hmm. of mine asked me to go down and talk to these guys. You know, my buddies are opening up this vape shop, you know, and I read your Facebook stuff, and I think you know a lot about this stuff, and if you wouldn't mind stopping in there and talking to them, that'd be great. And I'm like, okay. Well, I go down there the one day, and, and um, I'm looking around, and it's the only place I see. Well, it's this block. It's got to be that place, right? I go walking in there, and I just walked into a head shop, and I'm looking around, and I'm like, I am going to kick his fucking ass for sending me in this place. (laughs) What the hell did he send me in this head shop for? Well, two weeks later, I find out that the vape shop is actually next door. They didn't have a sign out yet. And Hmm. I'm like, you know, I was going to kick your ass for sending me into the damn head shop. (laughs) Look, I don't, you know, Olean is the city to me. But yeah. it's got less than 20,000 people in it. And that's mm. the city. Mm. So, you know, I'm like, I hear somebody I know had to have seen me walk into this fucking place, right? <laughs> I'm like, ah, oh, Christ. So you walk in and walk out with a 
a bag. With a pipe shaped like a Buddha. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Nobody saw me. At least not that I'm aware of. Nobody saw me. But but I have to tell you that Paul did laugh his ass off for a long time over the fact that I walked in the head shop. Like, okay, whatever. I think I think we've come a long way. I think we still have a lot of the old problems just in new ways. Yeah. You know. That's true. Um somebody said something about they thought all the drama died in in the old days and I'm like I, you know what? I don't remember there being this much drama back then. I mean, yeah, vape TV and elixir TV didn't really like each other, but it wasn't it wasn't this god awful hatefulness that that you see on social media every day now, you know? Um mm-hmm. I just I really do have an issue with the the childish marketing, you know, like the newest one we saw recently splashed all over social media with the the label on it looking exactly like the the foil package that they were sending the e-liquid out in that looked exactly like a children's juice bag juice Mm -hmm. box juice whatever you call them things um those things that i don't buy for my kids or grandkids because they make a fucking mess all over um you know i I didn't share the picture because I in no way, shape, or form want anybody to see that under my name on social media and and think, oh, you know, I, maybe I'll check that out. Um, I'm, I've really just decided that, that um, I can call people assholes all I want on my show, but I'm not going to share pictures of this stuff on right. social media anymore just because I don't want to inadvertently give anybody uh, the the foot traffic you know because for every 10 people that we know that are involved in advocacy in any way are going to look at that and think you assholes but we also know that there are going to be those people that you know want to thumb their nose at the man so to speak Mm -hmm. um god that sounded 1960s didn't it (laughs) um (laughs) holy shit you're a flower uh, child. Well, I've been watching been like Aquarius. This a throwback show tonight, Jeannie. No, I've been watching that show, been... Aquarius. And I and when that show came out, I said, who the fuck thought it was a good idea to make a goddamn TV show about <laughs> Charles Manson? Really? This was stupid. <laughs> and now now I'm watching you this. Now I'm watching yeah. this damn show. Um, I watch it, too. <laughs> yeah. Thumbing your nose at the band. Um, but they're going to be like, oh, man, i got to get some of that. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to be that person that that threw that up to show them. Yeah. Oh, and guys, we have 54 seconds before Mixler hangs up on us, and last week it cut us off mid word. Uh, I was going to say this is a marathon. I'm not used to your shows being this long. They're, they're not usually anymore. <laughs> the only reason this one went on this long was because my computer shit wouldn't work, and I couldn't do a full hour pre-show music. Otherwise, it had cut us off 37 minutes ago. Well, it's it's been fun reminiscing. I yeah, it's been kind of like holy shit. Although I can't I can't say that we grew up in the golden age of vaping because it wasn't necessarily the golden age. There were a lot of drawbacks to uh, the products available at the time, especially in comparison to what we have now. Yeah, but you stuck with it, you know. We did. That's true. Yep. We did, um, and that's why you know I get this. Oh, it's gonna hang up on us. <laughs> 